Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. And 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can call. But actually, for the first hour, I'm not going to be taking any calls. I'm just used to saying that. it's This is Free Talk Live, but tonight is going to be Argentina Talk Live. Basically, I think that... I basically think... Sorry, what did you say, Nikki? That is Free Talk Live. Well, it is Free Talk Live tonight. I want to get... I thought you were going to charge for it or something this time. Charge for what? Yeah, so it wouldn't be free talk. It's going to be like, you know, pay-per-minute pay talk. No, but this is a really <laughs> going to be a really good episode, I think, because I think that Americans need to hear more about this. I have noticed, personally, as someone who only speaks English, that I think that there is not enough coverage of Javier Malay. We, we've been covering it a bit on Free Talk Live, but I had to pull in some resources. By the way, with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Uh, Colin. And Nikki. And also we have a special guest on the phones. Hey, Bonnie and Scott. We have Scott here with us from uh, the Seacoast. So I had to pull in these resources to help us talk about Argentina. <laughs> Nikki and I are here for moral support and to be Argent- <laughs> with our Argentina shirts. Yeah, and to be Argentina <laughs> cheerleaders. Um, basically, Scott, you know basically everything about Argentina, right? Uh, I've been following it for quite a few years and studying Argentina, and it's it's a fascinating country. Uh, I also have family in Argentina, so why did you why did you go there? Like, were you just interested already in it? Uh, no, I, I'm I'm married to an Argentinian, and I um, I married her. We, we got married uh, about I met her about nine years ago, but I was interested in Argentina even before that because of its rags to riches, riches to rags story mm. that, that is so fascinating. It's, it's captivating a lot of libertarians now. And um, so that that really uh, was interesting to me. And then when I met my wife, uh, that I really got into hyperdrive with, with, with Argentina, studying it and uh, learning about its politics, its its culture, its history, and that sort of thing. So for the listeners that don't know, Argentina recently elected their first openly ANCAP, which the is... The world's first. Anarcho-capitalist. That's what's even more, more cool about it. It's the president. first person in the entire world who's been the president of a country that self-identifies as an anarcho-capitalist. Right. So it's... it's Yeah. So, but yeah, sorry to interrupt there. Yeah. No, you didn't interrupt. So... As far as the rags to riches, riches to rags story you're talking about, let's go back to the 1860s. In America, we know there was like the Civil War and then Lincoln getting assassinated and Lysander Spooner. But what was happening in Argentina at that time? Yeah, so after it gained independence for a while, it had a bunch of civil wars prior to ours. And then in 1860, they basically adopted the American Constitution. There was a guy named uh, Juan Batista Alberti that convinced the politicians of Argentina to embrace freedom, to embrace liberty. And in their constitution, they, they put that property rights are inviolable. They cannot be infringed upon. It was an extremely pro-liberty constitution. And from that point on, their economy just absolutely blew up. And they actually had 35 years of the fastest growth in world history. And it went from this poor country that was suffering from wars and low growth, stagnation to the richest country in the world by 1895 in the turn of the century. 
So by embracing these these uh, ideas of freedom, uh, Argentina became the South America or the uh, America of South America. It, hmm. it was the place where all the immigrants wanted to go to. So they got a huge influx of in- Italian and Spanish and some German immigrants that uh, really re- led to this burgeoning of econ- economy and prosper- prosperity. Um, so it it just became this uh, this this place. Uh, there was a t- there was a term um, about a hundred years ago is it um, that went as rich as an Argentine because Argentinians were just were considered to be very rich people. All because they just embraced a little bit of capitalism. Yes, right. Yeah. And then how did they end up in the state they are today where they're now ex- like pretty poor for the most part, um, way more poor than it seems like they should be with all the resources that they have. And like they have an extremely beautiful country, you know, they, they should be pr- probably doing better than they are today. So how did that happen? Yeah, I mean, um, so uh, they kind of followed America's lead with the progressive era in like the in like 1910s. They elected like Woodrow Wilson type of progressive leaders and that started to regulate the uh, do the whole progressive agenda. They start to do regulations on on businesses. They actually cut all the women out of the workforce workforce uh, by, they, by force. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what is why would they do that? Uh, yeah, I think, I think you mean they were they were so wealthy that the women didn't need to, right? No, no, the uh, they they it was by force, by law, by oh, decree. It was. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. This is when they were and, getting progressive. That's a little weird. Oh, oh, sorry, yeah, it, I mis- I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and they started to regulate businesses and stuff, and it it they they started to embrace this uh, collectivist ideology, and then basically this this kind of this failed. Uh, and a middle military coup take, took over. And um, w- what happened with that is this this leader named Juan Domingo Perón uh, basically took charge of this coup and essentially became, after that, became the president of the country. And ever since he became president of the country, all of the political leaders have been what they call Peronist after him. And he weaponized the state to, to basically foster in this, this new era of a mixture of socialism, of fascism, of mercantilism that they've been suffering from since that time. And they also changed the Constitution to say that the government will provide housing, food, and etc., so, it, and around what year was this? The prone. Uh, Nineteen. So, uh, prone, prone, prone. The coup happened in the thirties, and prone took power. I believe it was in nineteen forty-six. Uh, he's the one that allowed in all the Nazis into Ukraine or uh, Ukraine uh, <laughs> into Argentina, and um, he and his wife just were master uh, propagandist. Uh, Perón actually had learned from Benito Mussolini how to use mass communications to propagandize the people, I'm sure FDR as well. So they, he and his wife, uh, his wife is insanely popular there. She's got murals and stuff. Yeah, wasn't she a prostitute or something? Yeah, she was a prostitute 
she she ran on this like she had this like rat this rags to riches story. But the only reason that she became rich is because she married the president of the country. Hmm. And so that was the, the only job that women could work. They weren't allowed. Yeah, they'd only be prostitutes. <laughs> well, I think she was a failed actress. Hmm. That uh, that's usually how yeah, it goes. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they. I mean, like they, they. She did stuff like every single new thing that was open. She had to go attend it. Every every um, she athlete. Cut, she cut like, all the ribbons, you know. She right? cut all the ribbons. All the athletes that came into the country, she had to get a picture with them. You know, Perone beat up and spied on and uh, murder beat up his uh, political opponents and and uh, would audit the, the opposing newspapers and do all this stuff and everything he did was a populist thing, like a left populist thing to try to get more people. Um, on his side to to consolidate his political power and he would spend overspend and um, on certain projects that people liked and I mean he did things like he let women vote Um, they were kind of late to the game there but so that's kind of in his lore too so basically he turned the country way further towards progressivism and further away from capitalism and to this day, they haven't really recovered from that. And they're having oh. crazy hyperinflation, like prices changing on the shelves by the hour, right? Well, yeah, they haven't they haven't had any other type. I mean, even though they've had other like parties than the Peronists, everything they've had has just been some version of, of a left wing socialist. You know, it's like what what would the least worst that they had be? Just like a social democrat? What you know, what would that have been? Uh, so after um yeah, that's they've had uh, along with Chile and South America, they've had military coups. Um, they had a couple decent leaders that were couped by the military. So they've had, I think, five different military coups, uh, in, including Perón wow. twice. Uh, he got couped by his own military because <laughs> uh, the economy was so bad. Um, but in the 90s, they actually did have kind of an era, era of prosperity uh, where after they had a hyperinflation in 1989, and the next guy that took power was a Peronist. But at that point, they're like, yeah, this, this stuff is not working. And he did a whole deregulation decree, kind of like Malay is doing. And what he did is he tied the, the peso to the, to the U.S. dollar, one-to-one one to one on par with the U.S. dollar, and for a while it really worked. It was it it uh, lowered transaction costs. The new de- deregulation allowed their economy to kind of flourish. In the '90s, it seemed like Argentina was going back to prosperity. Um, however, they had the biggest financial crisis in world history in t- 2001 because because they couldn't they uh, they couldn't keep their fiscal deficit in order. They kept they kept uh, they kept spending more than they were taking in taxes, and at some point they just collapsed on them, and, and, and in such an incredible way in two thousand two thousand one, where they basically they they actually uh, introduced a quasi currency. They, they they basically shut down the banks; you couldn't get your money, and they they gave people this quasi currency that was worth nothing. So they defaulted on their debts. And it was a huge disaster, and Argentina's never recovered since then. Um, so then, fast forward to maybe like twenty twenty. What was it? Twenty twenty one when Javier Malay was like, "Okay, I'm going to get into politics." Why did he do that? 
Yeah, so the last 20 years have been dominated by this this type of Peronism called Kirchnerism. It's the the the, fa- the husband, Nestor Kirchner, and then once he died, his wife took power for eight years. And they plundered the country to such an enormous uh, extent. Uh, just to put it in perspective, in, in, 20, in 2000, about 4% of the country lived less than $5 a day, on less than $5 a day, only 4%. Now it's about 40% live less than $5 a day on less than that's that's they live on less than a cup of starbucks coffee 40 percent of the country wow and 10 percent of the country that's gonna ruin my plans i was gonna go down there and start selling starbucks (laughs) coffees now what am i gonna do that's right and and another 10 percent of the country is basically homeless so this 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 uh group of uh hyper progressives um totally ruined the country and plundered the country to an extreme extent. They were extremely corrupt. She basically stole billions of dollars from the treasury and, uh, and, and, but they, but they totally like Perón totally used the state to consolidate their power. She, she took control of the news uh, agencies. She started to subsidize all the journalists uh, she was paying for all of her political rallies. She would pay people to go to her political rallies. Uh, I mean, on and on and on of the corruption and uh, weaponizing the state for their power. Uh, eventually, it got so bad that they elected another person. Um, she served for eight years from 2007 to 2015. They actually elected um Another person called uh, that wasn't actually not a Peronist, um, and this is maybe one of the only guys that wasn't a Peronist that Colin is talking about. Um, he was a center right type of guy, but he was like a, a Republican in today's like <laughs> he was worthless. He he uh, he gave power, and he all he to be fair, he didn't have much power because the Peronists, the Kirchners, owned yeah, the so uh, entrenched, yeah, like the Congress they, they, there. Yeah, they owned the Congress. So he had really no power, but he really didn't even try to do anything. He was uh, so worthless. And so the Senate and the economy did not improve. Um, I I can just talk about how bad it is in just one second. But but he was worthless and he it, the economy was awful during him. So they reelected the Kirchners again and well. um, they put. Christina Fernandez de Kirchner as vice president to be to 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 show you how crazy this is. They caught her red handed stealing billions of dollars from the Treasury red handed. And then they elected her to become the vice president of the country. That's crazy. So so corrupt there, it seems like. And you have uh, mentioned in interviews before that they have laws against prosecuting people who have ever been president. Right. Yeah, so uh, when she got when she got caught with her corruption, and um, what she did was she ran for Senate in Argentina. Why? Because yes, you can't be prosecuted if you're in the government. Wow, uh, that, that just shows change. the moral hazard of Argentinian politics. I mean, they're all crooks. Can Javier Malay change that? Like, can he go after that law? I he he yes he actually is trying to go after all the corruption and stuff yeah um I I believe he is trying to change it so she became the a senator and she's 
she was still it was wild how popular she is like everybody knows that she's corrupted but they're like who's better under her you know like <laughs> yeah you know like they have all these stupid uh excuses for her and uh she you know so she became senator and when um mercurio macri um got beaten in his re-election campaign the in 2000 guy right the Republican guy got beaten in his reelection campaign. Um, she became the vice president. <laughs> and I mean, the, the level of depravity this woman has, uh, she, she would uh, use the infrastructure projects basically to enrich her and her cronies. They would take bribes for these interests. I mean, so it's basically the same as the U.S., right? You know, uh, except for to an ex- <laughs> large extent, a bigger extent, they would take bribes for these, uh, these uh, constructions uh, projects, and then uh, they yeah, would as long over- as ten percent goes to the big guy, right? Yeah, ten percent goes to the big guy. They would <laughs> overcharge for the the construction projects, and then a lot of times they wouldn't even finish the construction projects. Just pocket they the would money. Just pocket the money, and wow. she owned a lot of these uh, construction companies. Well, they got really sloppy. They were uh, they when you're kind of, when they got very sloppy, and they kept. They actually kept account of all this corruption, and they found that they found that uh, those accounts of all the corruption. So even after this, she got elected senator and then vice president, and then they had the worst lockdown in the whole country, where they were. Uh, it was one of the worst ones in in the world. I mean, I yeah, remember this was here, like COVID twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In fact, I remember I remember hearing about it at the time, and of course, I was uh, yeah. looking into other places all around the world and traveling a little bit. Spent a lot of time uh, down in Mexico during the pandemic. But um, I remember hearing, you know, because in Europe it was bad, some countries worse than others, but almost all of Europe was horrible. It sounds like the impression I got in Asia was Asia was really bad, but only for a short period of time. You know, like the presidents there were saying, we're going to shoot people who are walking around. But but then they that all stopped, I think, within maybe a year. Um, I know it's going to depend on the country, obviously, but I remember at the time hearing about what was going on in Argentina, just being like, oh, oh this is horrible. This is one of the worst ones, you know, in, in like South America. And I was kind of writing it off like, oh, I'm not going to go there and visit it. But, you know, I I think that that's largely led to this uh, this reaction. Yeah. Like, too, people you know, because would be like, I mean, they took people who had no money anyways. And then they said, you got to stay inside or whatever. And you that know, yeah. Yeah. Really put them in pain yeah so now they can yeah. see like that the policies they have voted for kind of suck and lead to this crap so maybe it's what opened the door for malay well even we saw that in a lot of places where like covid was kind of like the the thing that pushed people over to the edge mm-hmm. and you know made people open their eyes to a lot of government corruption i mean even in the u.s so i can't imagine if it's on the scale that it was at in argentina mm-hmm. if it was really that bad and then people are under these like awful, awful lockdown conditions for years. I mean, and, of course. And, and I also think they tried doing the United States' playbook where they just basically paid people too, which yeah. the United States could kind the United States right. federal government, you know, those those guys, they could kind of get away with that because the dollar is the world's reserve currency. So every time they print up money against that, you know, it's being dispersed. The you know, the dilution is being diluted all around the entire globe. But, you know, they tried doing that down there probably because of the Keynesian economic type and monetary modern monetary theorist influences, not realizing that, you know, you can't really do that if it's your own currency and it's yeah, it literally going to be born that well. on the yeah the backs of all of your own people directly hmm. um yeah yeah they were doing stuff like you had certain times you could go to the store 
And uh, they had governors like the in Formosa, most famously, that would just arrest anybody that was out walking around. Uh, I mean, they had patrols. I I heard they had forty. At one point, they had forty thousand people that were arrested in prison because of for walking around. Uh, I mean, it, it just, the depravity of this. Um, and Malay was like one of the only people talking against it, and that's one of the reasons why he got popular. Now we can get into Malay a little bit, but but like there was nobody talking about it, and. Um, the 2021 elections, the uh, the Kirchners kind of got wiped out um, to, to the extent that they've never been wiped out before. And they, Christina Kirchner um, blamed it on the president. So she's the vice president. She blamed the loss in the midterms because they uh, remember that the, the president was in 2019. Uh, on the midterm elections, on the president, on Alberto Fernandez, and that caused this whole rift in the whole uh, Peronist slash, slash Kirchner movement. Um, they, they started infighting and fighting. They put this. Uh, they gave basically total control to this guy named uh, Sergio Massa, who's the guy that ended up running against Arch, uh, Malay, mm-hmm. and the economy just just fall uh, just just cratered. Now, I'm just gonna. To, to the extent that I can show you how bad this is in Argentina. Yeah. And in the year 2000... Uh, uh, the, let me throw in something there. It's important to mention, too, that that you have Malay, and I'm skipping a little bit ahead, but Malay, who's an uh, economist, running right. against Massa, who was the former <laughs> economics... Uh, what was minister. his official... Yeah, the, the, yeah he's oh. the economics minister. Okay, well, we're going to come right back and finish. Um, We're going to explain to you how we get from where we are now to an anarcho-capitalist president of Argentina today. 603-283-6160. You can call in in like 30 minutes or so. Don't go anywhere. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. Talk Live, talk radio that you control. That's Free Talk Live. And tonight we're talking about Argentina and how we got here, where we are today with an 
anarcho-capitalist president in Argentina, the only openly ANCAP president in the world. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Uh, Colin. Sorry, Nikki. And Nikki. <laughs> I didn't unmute her. And we also have a guest on with us. It's Scott. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Scott. But I wanted to tell the listeners that Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency made for spending. Dash transactions are irreversible, so Dash is great for merchants. Plus, its network is protected from 51% attacks by its chain locks technology. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for this sponsorship. It's easy to get and use Dash. You can learn more at dash.org. That's dash.org. Now, in the last segment, we were having our guest, Scott. He knows a lot about Argentina and how we got here today. So we're having him start from the 1860s when Argentina decided to go pretty capitalist and they became so rich that there was a saying, oh, rich as an Argentinian or Argentine, I think it is. Um, yeah, there's a little more to that. Yeah, sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, yeah, there's a little, b- little bit more to that even. Uh, you know, at the turn of the last uh, century, they were uh, right up there in like the top 10 rankings of wealthiest countries. I forget because I don't know. the 90s? No, no, no. The la- oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, being born in the last century, I still refer to that as the other one. So two <laughs> centuries ago. Makes it sound really ancient. Um, it was uh, it was in the top ten, um, and I think it may have been number one or may not it have, was. and it was ahead of the U.S. Of course, it's all going to de- wow. depend on what your metrics are. How do you exactly measure right. that? But you know, we kind of get the idea that that means the people had lots of wealth; they could buy the things they needed. They probably had low, you know, uh, you know, like starvation rates and things like that. But. And um, earlier, Scott brought up that now. of people in Argentina are living on $5 a day and 10% are homeless. I looked it up while he was talking about that. Only 0.19% of Americans are homeless for for reference. That's that's a crazy amount of homeless people that they have now because they went towards progressivism and um, communism. Yeah, and they they have, um, some of them are homeless, but they they have these these ranchackle, like, so depressing houses that you see on the roads um and so they 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 do kind of have homes but they are just so depressing and um basically if it if if there's bad weather a bunch of them end up dying and so terrible yeah um there's a prime real estate outside of buenos aires um that they just uh, these people, these homeless people, just built these 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 shanty towns all all across the all across this prime real estate, um, and this is where like I mean you look at these places, it's so depressing. It's it's whatever they could possibly build to build these places, sheets of metal, whatever, and so they do have homeless, and then they have these shanty towns that people live in that are just uh, super depressing. That sucks so bad. So. You were explaining to us how we we got to this state, how it got so bad, and um, what year did you leave off on? Yeah, so I was just going to talk about the the inflation and how bad. I mean, to, to put it in perspective, um, I, I think the audience but, is going to need to hear this because it's what's coming to the U.S. too. So <laughs> they'll have to that you know start gathering up your sheet metal, maybe, you know, go to like Jay Noon's man camp and learn how to weld so you can start welding your little shanty town together. Yeah, you'll need yeah. some real yeah. skills. Yeah. You're going to have to there learn how to, what kind of trash is safe to eat and what kind of trash isn't, you mm. know. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, you do see a lot of people eating trash in Argentina, unfortunately, That's... when you go there. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, and it's yeah, ironic. Do... They're uh, like a number one, uh, you know, agricultural exporter. Yes, and they have just yeah. so much. I mean, and, I'm, and of course, that's with the restrictions the government puts on them that keeps them from producing as much agriculture that's, that's as right. they're you know going to be able to now. Um, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so in the year 2000, the Argentinian peso was one to one with the dollar. Was so it, the, every, it was pegged to the dollar. Yes. So is, is that kind of a bad thing as far as like it, it, it really is bad if you are printing money <laughs> as they were. Hmm. So if you're printing more pesos at some point, it's like the uh, bread and wood system. At some point, it's going to fail. Um, and that's what they, that's what that, uh, 2001 crisis, like the biggest crisis in world history that just pummeled the country. That's that default was, uh, as a result of that, where people couldn't, they, they shut in all the banks, the people couldn't get their money get access to their money. And then they gave them this quasi currency, this fake, f- fake currency. Oh, this is, this is a real currency. This is, it's an IOU. This is actually real money. No, it turned out to be not real money. It turned out to be nothing. So it went from this one-to-one to to, uh, um, at the end of Christina's second term is 16 to one, which is really, really bad. So that was Um, 2015? Yes. That's a, that's a pretty bad devaluation. Uh, (laughs) Uh, and then after Macri's turn, it went to, I believe, 60 to 1. Does he, uh, I know Colin knows, but uh, do you have any idea, uh, Bonnie, what it is today? It, it went oh, from, yeah. <laughs> I'm no. sure Colin knows. Oh, oh, yeah, I do. Today, it is over 1,000 to 1. What? So 1,000 pesos for $1. Uh, okay. In 24 it, years? In Yes, in 24 years, actually, yeah. 24 years and, uh, and, I remember and of course the way the way people should think about that is you know it doesn't really actually matter what the ratio is of one thing to another because you know if a gallon of milk costs four dollars you know and then it's four you know this would be four thousand well then it still costs the same right yeah the, the key though is you know that's that's changing rate every you know day and so it means right. you can't even save anything so imagine if yeah. you save the money it's basically completely worthless and of course another yeah. thing that that leads to is a change in people's habits. You see, when you're able to save things, you can make a long-term plan. You know, I'm going to do this in 10 years. I'm going to have this much money set aside. I'll build a house. I'll start a business. Oh, so that's so car. depressing. So yeah. they can't even really no, like no. They, count on anything in the future. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I can yep. save up, you know, with some elbow grease, I'll be able to, you know, like buy a house and start a family. They can't even have any sort of yeah, long-term well, planning. Yeah. That's so sad. You start living for yeah. the day. So it's like, oh, I have, it's like, you know, you take care of your needs and then you're like, okay, I have a little bit of money left over. What am I going to do? Well, I can't save it. Well, I guess I'll buy some wine and get drunk with my friends or, you know, you're going to you're going to just wind up blowing it because there's no other way for you to save it, especially if you're poor. Because, I mean, if you're rich and you have a lot of money left over at the end of the day, you could at least put it into some sort of capital good or something that's going to retain some value. But, you know, this the the inflation is hardest on the poor people. I know that a lot of uh, the propagandists try and turn that around and say, oh, no, it only hurts the people with the savings. It's like, no, it keeps the poor people from ever even being able to save. That's right. Actually, uh, what the, their number one saving investment is the, you, this is uh, crazy to Americans, but our inflation is so much. So uh, their their inflation is so, is so much worse than ours. Is they all save in dollars from the poorest person to the richest person saves in dollars. So they're trying to take their pesos and buy dollars. Um, 
And uh, yes, um, so that's the one thing they try to save in is dollars. Um, and and right, of course, of course the government right. doesn't no, won't even no. let them do that. They step in the way no. of that too. And then they no. have this crazy thing. And you know, it's, sometimes it's hard for me even to wrap my mind around. They tell they them do, they can't save in dollars. Well, they do screwy no. things like there's an official exchange rate which certain privileged right. people can access, and then there's the real rate, yeah, the I've bl- heard black this, market yeah. rate. Yeah, and then of course there's an arbitrage there, and I forget how that winds up actually uh, actualizing in the real world for them. but What's an arbitrage? Oh, yeah. Arbitrage is anytime there's the same exact good, but with two different prices, and you can just like take it and flip it. So you'll see that sometimes in like the stock market. You'll see, you know, well, you know, different stock markets, like the price of gold might be trading on an Asian exchange at this one number, and then on like a U.S. or European exchange or whatever at a different number. And because there's enough of a difference, you just buy it in the one and sell it into the other. And you just right. make make money immediately, yeah. Yeah. So uh, a couple things they would do: uh, you can't import dollars hardly at all. Uh, they they limit the amount of dollars you can import. So if you're importing over, I believe it's ten thousand dollars from any anywhere else, it's illegal. Um, the the banks, uh, the the government lied lies like like Colin talked about about the the, the value of the money. So. The market rate is 1,000 to 1, but the government will say, at least uh, the government said, oh, it's only 400 to 1. So that's only 400 pesos to $1. Well, like if you're, if you're, I mean, um, so therefore, therefore that just destroys everything because if you want to buy, if you want to take pesos and buy dollars, it's actually really cheap to get a dollar. So what does the government have to do? They limit the amount of people that can do it. You have to get a special permit hmm. to trade pesos for dollars because it's very cheap. But if you're going in the other way, direction, like if you're a tourist, like when I went to Argentina, um, it, it's it's a total ripoff. If you go to the banks and exchange pesos a dollars, you're getting half the value. So what you have to do is you go through the black market. Both sides have to go through the black market. And everywhere you're... You, in Argentina, you hear Cambio, Cambio, uh, which means exchange, exchange, or change. And there's uh, just people in the streets, like drug dealers, oh, but yeah. they'll change dollars to pesos yeah. for you. And wow. yeah, and it can be really dangerous too, because uh, what they can do is they'll see that you they'll they'll have an accomplice with them, and they'll see that you have dollars, and you're exchanging with them, and then their accomplice will follow you and rob you. You know, follow yeah. you around. So there's there's a lot of like risk to actually exchanging, and uh, there's there's certain caves as uh, if you watch the Tucker in, uh, Tucker Carlson interview. Uh, there's certain caves that are uh, you can go to, but there's just so much risk to it. Um, they can always throw a counterfeit peso in there. You know, they'll give you all these pesos for dollars. Oh, we'll throw a couple counterfeits in there, or, or vice versa. So hmm. it's uh, it, it causes so many problems in the economy. In, in the economy, and we we had the hardest time, honestly, the hardest time exchanging dollars for pesos when I was in Argentina, uh, November of 2022. So uh, it just it's a it's just a huge problem, and is they it, don't is have there a lot of violence there. Not as much as Mexico, though. Hmm. I, uh, there was a no, thing that I, we shared. Oh, wait, did you take a different view on that? 
Um, it depends. Um, you know, Mexico, uh, yes, the cartels and stuff, uh, and the and the violence and stuff. Well, but like petty theft as, and things like that but, in Argentina, uh, right? Yeah, like I mean, every single person in my in in my family has been mugged. I mean, I have some really, I'm not even going to very sad and stories. You see, even from now, every single person in Argentina has been mugged, um, wow. been broken into. I, I can't wait to go there. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. We obviously we know that this is because of all the poverty that's you know generated. The yeah, poverty, people get desperate. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. yeah, the poverty and the desperation and uh, the fact that they don't uh, you, self defense in Argentina is outlawed. Uh, Malay is actually trying to change that, but the with self, guns if you, or with other types of self defense. Um, base. It, it's it's kind of tricky because the Argentines are so guns. Malay likes guns, but. But Argentines in general are so taboo against mm. They're so like they, they it, it, it's a uh, it's gonna have to be a culture change. Okay. In Argentina. <laughs> well, they, other uh, than they, guns, though, like when you say that self defense is outlawed, so to speak, is that like so if I'm getting if I'm there and I'm getting mugged and I like try to punch the guy in the face or whatever, would I get in trouble for that? Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so you, you can't would, even uh, like retaliate against your attacker. Right. What if you're getting right. physically attacked? What if you're getting attacked and then you try to punch him? So um I think some some like uh you punch them, but let's let's say you get physically attacked and you stab them. You know? That's and illegal. They, yeah, like you uh they I mean their families can sue you. You you're likely gonna to, wow. to get arrested. Well, that, that's actually no different than the U.S. You could always sue somebody for things like that. I mean, but the, the defense like, could say, you know, it's a you know, reasonable response. Well, it kind of depends on the state, too. They have, yeah, like, different yeah. regulations in regards and we're, to and that. We're seeing, that, we're seeing them whittle away at those rights here in the U.S. You know, they're going after anybody who's acting in self-defense. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're finding these border cases, you know, you know edge cases right mm-hmm. now to go after. But that's all meant to kind of set up the precedence to go after it, you know, outright. And so it's weird because I know two people in Manchester, New Hampshire, who have obvious self-defense situations that they're going to court for right now yeah yeah and it's like new hampshire is supposed to be really good on guns yeah there's i mean the, the well they can always uh you know bring charges against you for anything whether or not they stand up but of course the process is the crime as we know yeah so it's I, the punishment yeah or sorry the <laughs> yeah 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 but it's even worse than that they don't have any sort of castle doctrine or anything like stand stand your ground or anything like that and uh that's one of the things that malay is uh in this trying to, to to fix but uh it, it's really interesting when you go to it, it's such a fascinating country when you go there because every and there's like when you go there all the houses are fortified they don't really have they don't have front lawns they have like walls and um they have uh walls that prevent people from getting in and like almost like barbed wire on top of houses and they have um you you shut your windows like you lock your windows like there's no win- there's no sh- windows uh, at night because they they have these like um, they have these uh, like protectors over the windows so you can't break anything and you know the one get around to all this is uh, what they do is they they uh, they train these guard dogs mm. these like attack dogs and uh, like- so. 
Like yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah, it's like a coconut, huge nature dog. these attack dogs, so you can't hurt anybody, but your dog can rip them to shreds, and that's okay. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, so like they, so they, they can't they, prosecute they, the dog. They can't like they put it down on there. Oh. not. Yeah, they're not prosecuting the dog. So the the dogs are like these these this huge industry of these like trained dogs that learned how <laughs> that that you know know how to kill people, <laughs> and like that's what protects your house. So your your dog can rip them to shreds. Your dog can kill them. But uh, but it's it's so fascinating when you go there because uh, you just you just see what these people have to do to prevent against crime. They basically have to fortify their houses. You know, it's just now, now Scott, what other uh, Latin American countries have you been to? If you've been to any other ones, I'm, I think you have, right? Uh, yeah, Mexico, Guatemala, Belize. Okay, um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I I saw that when I when I've been in Mexico. You know, the uh, the, walls. the walls and the bars yeah. and the windows. That's everywhere yeah. down there. I've heard and about then, that. And too, it's yeah. also kind I've of seen like, that in you the know, U.S. Yeah, I was like, yeah, New York City. Yeah, all of the first like two stories have iron bars on yeah. them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All the places that the progressives have ruined. Basically, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, um, um, I mean, that's just the situation there. And I, I've heard, you know, it, I could get into some of these stories about the crime, but I'm not going to because uh, I, I know many personal stories about it. Uh, well, because you were like, committing them, right? Um, I just commit them here in the United States, but eh, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, like, uh, it's, 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 it's a really sad, uh, situation and you basically can't walk around at night in a lot of places. And, um, yeah, it's just, aren't there places that are walled off that on the inside are basically all rich people and low crime and it's all government workers. Oh yeah. I told you about the, yeah, I talked about the story. There's uh, there's some neighborhoods that are like, that are, that that are guarded. And uh, my, my sister-in-law actually went to one of these in Buenos Aires. And this is where all the politicians and what Malay calls the caste lives. These are the people that live off the privileges of the government and they are super rich and uh, they have this whole area that is uh, that is walled off from the outside world and where they they drive around in their uh, in their um, golf carts. Hmm. Uh, they drive around in their golf carts and they have all this fancy dining and this fancy clothes like and the pork these, fest organizers. Yeah, and, and <laughs> exactly. And these kids have like, they don't even let them. And, and the surrounding these areas is just this abject poverty. And these kids that grow up there don't even know what the poverty looks like. They, a lot of them don't even leave the place. So these, these, these politicians sons hmm. and uh, they, that these, all these people that live off the government. That is are so, so crazy. Rich. You know what that's like? That's like a, uh, like the Buddha, Right. Yeah, 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 the story of the Buddha. Yeah, where finally he sees the poverty and then he's mortified. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He was sheltered his whole life from it. It's like that. Yeah. And right. Yeah. So it's. I I don't know. I feel like most people are enough of a sociopath that they'd be like, yeah, well, my dad is president and go back inside their wall. Yeah. Most people (laughs) aren't the Buddha. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. These are the people that absolutely despise. Javier Malay, but hmm, I bet. Um, so 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, uh, it, it, you know, in Buenos Aires, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, during its liberal, like, I'm using liberal in the classical sense. It, I mean, they built beautiful buildings. I mean, everything like their, their buildings are so gorgeous. Yeah. I would um, tell anybody who's listening right now, just Google image search, you know, architecture, Buenos Aires, and just, all the you know, yeah, it is, it is, it is magnificent. It's, uh, it's magnificent. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, but then you, uh, it's just like, then you see these, you know, on like, uh, for example, I was driving uh, on the freeway and I was, I was coming across an apartment building. I'm like, there is absolutely no way there's nobody living in that apartment. This, this has not been maintained in decades. This place, this place is falling down. Then you look and it's like, like 20 stories high and it's, and there's, there's clothes lines on this place. And it's like, there are people living in this place. It is like, I can't even believe it. So, it, you know, it, and then you see the slums and all that. So it's just like, that's, that's where you have these, you know, these, these walled off guarded, like rich places. And then this abject poverty. And that's, and, that makes so much sense considering there are people there that can grab all the wealth that they can be, with the power that they have give it to their buddies and their families and make everybody else have to basically work for them and be the farmers. Yeah. And the, the, like, for example, the, the Fernandez government, the, like the, 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 the most previous one, they did not care at all at all about security. Any, I mean, anything they, they, they literally were just trying to plunder the country. That's all they cared about. Is 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 getting money for themselves. They didn't care about anything. Uh, I mean, it's just like they they were running on this. Like the country's doing great. I swear. Like <laughs> that's who they were. Like when when they were running against Malay, his opponent Masa was like, "The country's doing great. Our unemployment rates only six point two percent." It was like it was like this guy. They're like. It was it was wild. They didn't even talk about it. They, I mean, inflation. All, all the the Kirchners didn't talk about it at all. I mean, the the, con- the economy's not grown in twelve years. It literally has not grown in twelve years. The economy's not grown, and uh, it, it's uh, it's just un- it's remarkable I what do it's have going for. A question, a little unrelated to economics, but just something I haven't actually looked up. But I wonder all the time, and I just like haven't had time to look it up. It's right next to Antarctica. So is it like the Canada? Uh, Is it as cold as Canada in the winter? Uh, Yeah, let me let me speak a little bit to this. So I I don't know. Scott might even back me up on this. To me, I think of it very much as like America, but in South America, you know, the United States, that is. Uh, It's of course, it's very large. So it's like the entire East Coast of the U.S. Uh, It's like that much size. And then it has a variety of climates, just like the U.S. does. You know, there's desert. There's, you know, like kind of tropical, you could say, in Florida. It's not as know. close to the South Pole as Canada is to the North Pole. No, it I don't but it, well, it's different because so. of ocean currents and all sorts yeah. of things so, like I, that. I but they have, a, yeah, they have uh, a lot of temperate areas, too. So it's – yeah, go ahead. Can I explain this? Um, so if if you put – it's a North and South country. It's the, yeah. uh, it's, it is the eighth biggest country in the world. Wow. So um, – it is the it's um it's about the third of the size of the U.S. and I um there's a there's a uh, website that I call True Size of I, I recommend everybody to go True Size of, and then you uh, it allows you to uh, pick countries and compare them to other countries. It, it makes it proportional. Can, can you put people on that too? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so if you do that, you, 
um, with Argentina, um, it, it's it's kind of, kind of kind of astounding. It's about a third of the size of the U.S. It's over half the size of so it's Europe. It's like the size. Yeah, I was about to say it's like the size of Western Europe. Yeah, it's very it's very, it's very large. But yeah, a variety of different climates. But, yeah. but, but, but if you put it uh, like let's say uh, the the north the northernmost point in the continental U.S. Uh, Maine, and then all the de- all the way the southernmost point is almost into South America. So when we get back, we're going to start talking about Malay himself. We've talked about basically how we got here. And it's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Don't go anywhere. Scott, can you stay on any longer or do you have to go? Yeah, no, I can. I'm going to I'll send you the, 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 the. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Which order are you going to display? You can't do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think you are? Excuse me. There is no video or audio allowed in this. No, I have work today. This is... You ain't going to make it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey! Oh my god! Unbelievable! Because you're scared of me! What am I being detained for? You're being served. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at victimlesscrimespree.com. Talk Live. It's free talk live, talk radio that you control. And 603-283-6160 is the phone number here. Um, maybe maybe our guest, will, guest I mean, will want to take some um, callers and questions, maybe. But 603-283-6160 is the number. But first, I wanted to tell you that Free, Free Talk Live has a social mastodon you can go on to if you hate Twitter. Social.freetalklive.com is back online. We apologize for the delay, but now you are free to resume posting on our Mastodon server at social.freetalklive.com. Mastodon is free, open source, decentralized, and federated. Multiple apps are available for iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, and Linux. Social.freetalklive.com. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Colin. And Nikki. And we have a guest on tonight, uh, Scott, from the... Um, seacoast in New Hampshire, and he knows a lot about Argentina. Um, I, I have to interrupt. On the break, I got a message from uh, Derek J., and he actually says he's going to go to Argentina to do a victim crime spree. He says this is his last chance to get it out of his system before Malay imposes all the changes, and so he's just going to go down there. He's, he's you sold it on him, Scott. He's going to do he's going to do everything he can down there. It's going to be pretty Derek bad. Derek J.'s victim crime spree. Yeah, yeah. It's I no he's no back. joke, people. It's yeah. He can do it. Yeah. Jesus, that's terrible. So basically, he's referencing that apparently in, in Argentina you can not even defend yourself. 
it's basically illegal. Like, obviously, guns are illegal. And any other kind of self-defense is apparently illegal. And Malay wants to change that. So, Scott, in the last two segments, we basically sat up for the listeners just how Argentina got into the situation they are in and how bad it is. It's so It sounds so bad. Um, progressives, communists, they have ruined that country. I guess you'd say socialists. Um, well, either way, they, they have ruined that country. It's like same difference to me, communist, socialist, whatever. Um, they have ruined the country. And now let's fast forward to 2021. And a man named Javier Malay has been reading up on economics. He read a book that our founding host, Ian Freeman, actually did an audiobook for. I'm pretty sure the only audiobook for this book called um, A Market for Liberty. So whenever Javier Malay read that book, he went from, you know, oh, I'm kind of like a conservative to a straight up anarcho-capitalist. And then he created something called La Libertad Avanza and ran for president or not president for Congress. So let's start with that and tell people how that um, what how was he able to do that and win on his first try? Yeah, so he had been a pundit. Um, he he's been an economist. He's written published like fifty economics papers. He's he's been a head of a top uh, um, corporation as the chief economist and financial analyst. Um, then in two thousand and sixteen, they put him on the air. <laughs> Big mistake for them. They put him on like television. This guy named Alejandro Fantino put him on this program because he has uh, he's. He's very knowledgeable economics. And then he was just a hit. Like he, he would go on and he would be no holds bar, no diplomacy. Like even back I, then he was like the leftist scum needs to die and stuff like that. He was saying like um, he was saying he was not holding any bar. Uh, he, he he was talking about the, oh, the, 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 the currency is worse than feces. And <laughs> like, you're putting a gun to my head and like, like, yeah, he was uh, saying he was, things like taxation is theft, and taxation is theft. And, 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 and you gotta love, you gotta love some of the antics. I mean, and of oh, course, everybody I think knows about the chainsaw ones, but uh, you know, there's the one with the pinata of the central bank, and so That's he's like, bank, yeah, yeah, breaking the. <laughs> he's going crazy too. Everyone like, doesn't yeah. necessarily know about the chainsaw. Basically, during his campaigns, he went around with a chainsaw saying, "Oh, I'm going to cut everything." Right. That's right. Yeah, like, and so. He, yeah, so uh, he they brought him on, and he, it was such a fringe thing because I remember at the time I've been uh, I've, I've been following him forever, and um, it was such a kind of it was just like you, this unique perspective, and they it was so fringe that they didn't think it was harm. They probably thought it was harmless, <laughs> and um, and so they're just leaning, and then Malay would always like just blow up every segment, like he'd be like, "This is bull crap." And like, you know, these guys are corrupt and like, like, you know, free markets and, you know, communism sucks, you know, and, and saying it in like, he's just incredible way. And, um, it, it started, you started to see a burgeoning, like libertarian movement. Like it was small. I remember, but you could actually, my wife and I would, would, would see these people that have started to follow Malay and you see his Instagram account getting more higher and higher and stuff. Yeah, and I, I was really blown away. I was at, uh, the Anarchapulco, 
uh, conference in Mexico uh, last year. There were some Argentine people there, and they were talking with me. And, of course, my impression, which is kind of true, or at least has been true of all of Central and South America, or I should say Latin America, is it's always had this strong socialist, communist kind of leaning. And so I was talking with them, and I was like, you know, you got to be like the only ones in your entire country. And he's like, no, there's actually, it was like growing. And then he was mentioning, and I'm th- pretty sure he said Malay, but if he didn't say Malay, he said one of the other uh, guys, you'll, you'll know the name off the top of your head, but, uh, uh, and he was like, no, yeah, he's, he's, uh, what? Go ahead. Oh yeah. You see, yeah, he's, he's, uh, on the, the, the TV and doing all this and he's popularizing oh. it. And so, uh, you know, I was, pre- I was pretty surprised, you know, to even see that and to be hearing about this even a year ago, I just, you know, the things didn't line up in my head to really pay attention to it at that point in time. Cause I just thought, well, what's he going to do in a country that's got those sorts of issues? How could he get ahead? You know? Right. Yeah. So basically he'd been doing this on the, the rate on, on the television and <laughs> just acting like, uh, you know, and all of his, uh, the opponents would call him a clown and, you know, all this sort of thing. And um, it was like in 2020, um, he and um, Espert, he and this Espert guy, basic, uh, who's another, he's like a uh, kind of, he's a libertarian economist. They, they came on and said, we're going to get into politics because this is getting so bad <laughs> in Argentina. It's like we can't. We're we're trying. We're trying to spread the message. We're not doing it, but we're going to get into politics. And Espert tried, and Espert kind of failed. Uh, he ran for president. He got like one percent in 2019 or two percent. I think he got two percent. And then uh, um, in in 2021, Malay said he was going to run for the Congress, which is the, the they call it the deputies the deputies, it's the lower house. It's like the house of representatives, uh, but it's like 160,000 per- people has one representative, which is a better ratio than the U S but, um, uh, not uh, so as good we, as New Hampshire though. Not as good as New Hampshire. Not quite. <laughs> but so, uh, um, so he started like the U S Congress. It's much better. Yeah. It, it's like 700,000 for the U S Congress per, oh. per, it's yeah, it's only 160,000 in Argentina and it's not fixed. Uh, so every hundred more 160,000 people moved to Argentina, they gain an extra representative, which is better than the, uh, the U S does it. But um, if you, if you, if you care about that thing, but uh, so he decides to run and he's like the only guy going against in like the whole country politician that's going against the COVID lockdowns. He's the only guy talking about how terrible they are and everything else. And, you know, he's, you know, banging his fist. And also um, before that, one of the other reasons why they uh, were thinking about why he decided to run is he there. The the government was talking about and trying to censor him. So they're trying to, like, censor him off the radio and off off of everything. Um, because he, they're starting to figure out this this Malay guy is becoming a problem, and so that's another reason why he started to run. So he, I, I, I remember I was following his campaign in 2021, and he he was expected to get like one or two percent of the vote. He's a Libertarian Party. He just started his party, La Libertad Avanza. It's a it's a libert- very small third party. So he was expected to get like one or two percent of the vote, and then he got enough percentage of the vote to get elected to the, to the Congress, to the uh, deputies, which was at the time, like it was, it was all over uh, Argentinian um, media. Like uh, it was just like, that was, that was the big thing. Oh my gosh, this crazy man, Malay got elected. 
it, it was it was actually kind of funny at the time. It was like he was getting you know, and then Malay is such a he's he's so brilliant in how he 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 uses symbolism. I love how, how we he, all have a crush on Malay. I know, but how he <laughs> but uses for different reasons. How, yeah. How he uses symbolism. Yeah, he's also a tantric sex coach. But. That's that's really? why I like I'm his into hair. Him. Yeah, I didn't yeah. hear that about him being a tantric sex coach. Yeah, he's it makes done sense. So many different things, but he's uh, got a lot going for him. He he is following this trend we see worldwide of like these celebrity type politicians because he was a soccer player and also yeah. what, was, oh, wow. what kind of oh, band? Rolling Stones. He was a, a uh, Rolling Stones cover band. Yeah, that's so funny. He's, a, he's in a Rolling Stones cover band. <laughs> he's great. an economist. That's why I think was it's why. Yeah, he was the singer. Wow. You can find some of his stuff online of him singing. McJagger. Mm, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's he's he's. So I think that all plays into his persona. You know, he, you know, he, as an economist, he's a really smart economist. Really, like, really brilliant. Um, uh, like I said, he got into Murray Rothbard. He named his dog after Murray Rothbard. His dog, dog's named Murray. His dog's named after all American economists, so his four living dogs are Murray. He, he uh, would Milton. feel at home if he visited here because we know a number of different people here with uh, uh, dogs named after economists and libertarians and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, right. yeah, Murray, yeah. Murray Rothbard. Another one is uh, Ron Paul. Yeah. No, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, who I know. And uh, Robert Lucas, uh, he has one. He loves Robert Lucas, the economist, the uh, supply side economist that won the Nobel Prize. So he's, he's got one named Robert and the other one named Lucas. So he's like extremely, um, he's extremely well versed in economics. And uh, so all these things combined and he's just his antics. are. So here's the thing that really like made him super popular is he would a lotto off his salary. What so to that? win a is, I lotto, how, yeah, oh, like like auction. Uh, I was gonna say, I thought a lotto was like a popsicle. Oh, <laughs> or ice no, cream, like he, a lottery office is salary. So he would get like emails and email list, and he would uh, every time he got a salary as as a congressman, um, he would he would lotto it off in this whole big grand uh, exposition to one lucky winner. So everybody That's in the awesome. country wanted to be a part of his email list. And it was hilarious. He would always make it a huge thing. And it just increased, started to increase his popularity, he kept doing all of these things. He would go up and make big speeches, grand speeches in the, in the Congress and tell everybody they're parasites. And, you know, he, he was, uh, he, he, he was like, when I was there in, in November, 2022, you could definitely tell it was like a Ron Paul. I saw stickers, Malay stickers around the, Buenos Aires and stuff. So it, it was, um, he just, um, in the first time I just knew that there was something with this Malay guy is, um, I remember, um, he would go out to places and all of a sudden he would, he would just get mobbed. I remember the first time I saw it is he went out, he was out and there was this, um, this like this, the school bus of these school girls. They were like, maybe, uh, like sophomore in high school and all of them were saw Malay and they're like, ah! and they all just <laughs> Malay and they want to get pictures with Malay and it was like wow and then I see him again and he goes to a place and he's just getting mobbed by people he just everywhere he goes he's just getting mobbed and mobbed and mobbed and he and it was like wow this thing is actually getting really big you know he was kind of this uh I feel like no politician would that happen to in the United States you know, like even Ron Paul, he wouldn't be getting, quote, mobbed. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely make some enemies. I what Malay has done, in my opinion, is way more than Ron Paul has ever accomplished. Oh, I mean, you could you could say that just in terms of the electoral victory, but I would say even furthermore in how much he's like changed the culture and everything there. Not to take anything away from Ron Paul, I mean, most of us wouldn't be where we are here, and of course there are crossovers between us and what's going on down there where we helped we you know fed it in some. Yeah, ways. I'm gonna keep but, it in my brain that because Ian did that audio book. Doug Casey found the book, and then yeah. Malay exists. Yes, uh, I'm sure uh, uh, Malay would very much appreciate uh, Doug uh, Ian very much. That, that, that change in the culture, though, is really important because, you know, and, and one thing I wanted to kind of come back to, you know, the previous segment, you're talking about how bad things have been down there, you know. I, I've heard so many because I listen to content, news content from all around the world. And there are like British people that are saying, well, you know, they've had it so bad for so long. They just, you know, th- decided to try anything. But hmm. that's not what you really see in the voting because, you know, if, if somebody's seen it so bad for so long, they would be old. And yet all the old people were voting for the establishment candidates. And it was right. the younger people who voted for them. Something like 63% of people, what was it? Under the age of 20, uh, it, it might have been even 70% of the people under the mm-hmm. age. Of, uh, 24 voted for Malay. And so, I mean, that's just huge. I mean, like, we know, we, uh, what, how many young people in the United States would identify as, you know, libertarian or anarcho capitalist or voluntarist or yeah, any not one that of those many. terms? Yeah, and I mean, I, th- I actually think, although I don't have anything to back this up, but I think it's true that basically, like, uh, uh, Scott and I's generation, and maybe just a bit older, is the most libertarian generation there's been. Millennials? In- I don't know if I believe that. Uh, it's not the younger people and it's not the older people. I've heard the Zoomers are actually not bad either. Hmm. I forget They're which, which When I think of millennials, are. I think of, not you guys, but I think of like very entitled, and, and by the way, I'm su- supposedly technically a millennial, but I do not um, like well, identify yeah, that way. Entitled. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I just think of like entitled <laughs> liberals who are like $15 an hour minimum wage. I like okay. Bernie Sanders. I, I think of like the youngest generation when i think of that like college I kids they know now who bernie sanders is you know no know. they wouldn't they wouldn't even like him i mean he's like old and stale and not even he doesn't even go yeah far they enough. want to vote for they're, little I, baby I, they're yeah they're getting pretty I've bad heard, now. i've heard that they uh i actually i think that the millennials are a little bit more i think the millennials you can see this in the data are a little bit more um yeah like more progressive and the, I've heard that the Zoomers are actually kind of rebelling against that. They're more conservative. Yeah. So, but are, uh, but I mean, are they libertarian? You know? And there's some that are libertarians. I, I, I think it's probably right. <laughs> I guess there are more millennial most- libertarians in New Hampshire than there are Zoomers. So I'll give you that. Right. There was no internet. But you know, so one thing we hard. can definitely agree on is that the Boomers are lost not, cause. Yeah, they're a lost cause. <laughs> They're um, not able to really use the internet and understand jokes and things like that. Um, they type dot, 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 dot after everything they say, so everyone yeah. thinks they're mad at them. Hey, this not, is something that, that really bothers Bonnie, <laughs> Yeah, is the dot, dot, the points of there's, ellipsis there's, I was yeah. about to say there's a name for that. Yeah, I know it's ellipsis, but I know it is, but I'm, I'm just always saying. And besides, they don't use it, an ellipsis. They put like five dots. Bonnie that, just that's hates caps you lock. Know how how yeah. how uncertain they are. The more dots, <laughs> they're just yeah. confused. But they're just saying like <laughs> it's like it'll be like your mom, and she'll be like, "What are you doing today?" Dot 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 dot. Yeah. Why? Anyways, um, I just think like we or can agree that younger people are more 
close to libertarians than older people. I feel feel like older people are just so brainwashed because all they're used to is having no ability to get information other than from the TV or from their parents or from their teacher. Yeah, right. They're not used to having... I mean, obviously, like, even boomers, like, they have access to the internet. They have for a long time, but they're not using it in the same way that the younger generations are. They didn't grow up with it. You know, yeah, they didn't grow up with it. So, I mean, we're seeing, like, even, like, the college kids, I mean, they can find out about all sorts of things. So if they were to kind of, if libertarianism or you know, ANCAP was to pique their interest, they would be able to open their mind up to all of that information where boomers probably might not be able you know to though? as well. I'll, I'll kind of go you know, against that and, and back up what I was saying about like my generation. Not like I'm trying to brag, like I don't really feel like I'm part of my generation either, but you know, uh, like the the boomers, it's all, you know, oh, what's the television or what's the radio say or things like that. Yeah. They're not using the Internet like that. But all the young people don't use the Internet the way that I do. Like, uh, you know, I remember a time when there really wasn't the Internet. Like the people in my generation, it like started entering their houses. Yeah. There was no like these big, you know, YouTubes and Facebooks and things like that that censored. And so I would have to go search for information and I would see contradictory information. I'd have to figure out what was true. Yeah, you have to filter it yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it was and it was it was those were the wild west days i mean i saw videos of like saddam hussein's execution and yeah. stuff like that even though there yeah. wasn't supposed to be out there but you know nowadays everything is filtered through uh these these different apps that people use on their phones like most most of these young kids i don't even think they actually know what like the internet is like other than that it's on their phone but even then i think yeah. they, they they actually they don't understand what yeah. it really is or, yeah that's, that's probably engines. right yeah, yeah that's probably right you know, and especially nowadays, like where Google owns YouTube and it's kind of like things are more like Facebook owns all the social media. So you're not even getting really you're not getting different kinds of social medias. It's an mm. umbrella of, it, yeah, it's, it's it looks different. Yeah. Instagram might look differently, but it's still owned by Facebook mm-hmm, and it's still mm-hmm. censored and, and has that results. same algorithm. You yeah. Know? Well, the another thing results. about all those algorithms that's that's kind of like disturbing is, you know, back in the day when governments did propaganda, they would have to try to tailor a propaganda that got the most amount of people to agree with it. But nowadays you can actually get very specific things because they're tracking you. So they'll push like a particular thing to you. So whatever you identify as, you know, like if it's whether it's conservative or, you know, as as a uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, progressive. Well, no, I mean, like, like let's say, let's say something even about your sexuality. So they might be like, oh, you like this content because you're into. Uh, why am I bisexual? No, 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 no. Like I'm trying to think of a, a word other than, tra- than tranny. What's the word I'm looking for right trans, now? Trans, trans. Yeah, okay, transgender. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. So, like, let's say a person has something like that that really defines them to themselves. They might start pushing to you like transgender YouTubers or whatever TikTokers yeah. or whatever, and then those people will like be like, "Yeah, I can't wait to go fight in uh, Iran or something like that," and, and you'll like go along with it because it's like, "Oh yeah, it's just like me." Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna get to they're gonna get a really able to you know pinpoint this stuff down and give people the specific type of propaganda that resonates with them. And you know people aren't paying attention. The phones are seeing everything you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Your facial expressions, yeah. how much you wait before you scroll down on an item. So they, they they know what you like. I do things that purposefully. I'm like, no, you're not going to see me looking at this thing longer than I was looking at it. And I go fast. But anyways, mm-hmm. that, that was my rant. Yeah, and uh, in South America, they don't seem to care as much about the Spanish. Um, they they yeah. don't seem to uh, have nearly as many censors and that sort of thing on Spanish content. Oh, too. yeah. 
So they, uh, people in Argentina and YouTube are, are much more, they are much more um, able to see Malay. Yeah, I, I totally noticed that when I've searched for content in different languages, it's not as censored because they're just not paying attention to it or they, yeah. you know. The, That's so weird. Yeah, I, I definitely think he snuck through in a sweet spot. Like after yeah. this, you know, they're going to get all over this and try to clamp it down and try to give people, you know, the false dichotomies of choice. So you go, oh, you can choose between socialist A and status you know, B or whatever. Um, so I like this is all just completely. Oh, there we go. It's fine. You can still talk during the thing for like I can still 10 talk. Seconds. It's free talk live, and more is coming up. We are basically doing Argentina talk live tonight, but you can call in with questions if you'd like to. 603 283 6160. It's free talk live. More coming up. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church. .shiresociety.com Yeah, it's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number here. That's 603-283-6160. And I would like to thank Machine 3125, that's Machine 3125, for being a diamond-level amplifier with us for at Free Talk Live. An amplifier means somebody that helps to advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. And we really, really appreciate everybody who does that. So thank you so much to Machine3125. Um, and if you would like to learn more, you can go to amps.freetalklive.com. That's A-M-P-S dot freetalklive.com. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Uh, Colin. Nikki. And we and have Scott. a guest. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We have a guest on as well. I, th- I think I know he was Machine three two one. Was it three one two five's brother? Three one two six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good, good guy. Good they were guy. born in the same lab. <laughs> same, same production run. Um. So in in the studio tonight, we do have a guest named Scott. Sorry, I spoke over you when you were talking or introducing yourself. And in the last three segments, we were talking about Argentina, basically how we got here today with the only anarcho-capitalist president in the world in Argentina and um, his name is Javier Malay if you haven't heard of him and 
we basically, I think we covered all the history. We covered all the poverty and how bad it is there. And I want to get to Javier Malay himself. So basically, we saw in 2021, we, we talked about in 2021, he won his election to Congress there. He started his own party called La Libertad Avanza, Liberty Advances. And that's an awesome name. And what is he what has he done since then, Scott? Yeah, so he he got elected. Uh and I mean, nobody thought he was gonna get I don't think he thought he was gonna get elected, but he he won the primary and then um forced a runoff in the general election. And then in the runoff, he got 56% of the vote. He got the most votes ever in an Argentinian election. He got uh, over 14 million votes in Argentina. Um, Just to Congress? No, for for, uh, for president. uh, Sorry. Sorry sorry about that. Yeah. So he he started to run um, shortly after he became, he won his, um, his congressional seat. He decided to he's going to run for president. Nice. And so, yeah. So he, he part of the reasons he was doing all the stunts and all that sort of thing was to get to get uh, popularity, to get publicity, and it worked. And uh, you know, you saw just like I said, every two, everywhere he went, um, it was like early 2022 or or, or early 2023, late 2022. You'd see him going places, and it was like. Like ten, like ten thousand people would just be there to watch him, to to just to see him. He went to some typically Peronist slash progressive places and like Terra de, Tierra de Fuego, and it would and it would just be like he'd get mobbed, and so it was like it was something it was something special, and um, they they didn't think he was going to do very well, but. Um, he did way better than his polling, and basically he blew up Argentina when he won, when he won the primary, which is like right before the general election. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's it, it it matters. And he just blew up Argentina, and um, and then eventually won in the in the runoff by a huge margin. Yeah. Well, they and had then, well they had two. Uh, what was it two runoffs and then the regular election, right? No, they have like a primary. It's a jungle system where they it's 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 it's, it's everybody votes on the same day, and um, what happens is that the person that gets the most the person whose party gets the most votes. So they'll have multiple different parties, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll see who went. You know, just like our primaries, they'll see who's going to be the nominee of the party, but. Uh, it, these are actually really important because um, you only get one vote. It's an open primary and you choose who you want. And uh, what happens is the, the party with the most votes wins. And every single time that the party with the most votes, um, besides every single time except for one time, and that was a weird exception, the, uh, the party with the most votes wins the general election in these primaries. And Malay got the most votes. He got thirty percent of the vote. Um, well, first time around, he got thirty six, right? No, he just got thirty. percent I thought it was thirty six, and then it was thirty, and then the the final thing. No, where... 
He stayed at 30. Yeah. There, okay. There was so much fraud in the second one. So he got the most votes, which uh, were, it was like blew up Argentina because like this crazy ANCAP guy got the, the most votes and is like most likely going to become president. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I, th- I think that speaks too to the fact that like, you know, it's not like people, they, like they had the one chance to like even see if they liked him. And then because they got that chance and they said, oh, other people support him, then they were able to be like, OK, well, maybe I will, too. You know, you, right. you don't you don't really get that here in the U.S. where, you know, there's basically these two parties and it's like you pretty much got to pick. Once. Yeah, you have to pick one or the other. And then you're always like, well, the lesser of two evils, oh, I guess I'll do that one. You know, and of course, right. you know, then of course, evil always wins. But usually usually the worst guy, I think. But, uh, you know, there with the with a kind of runoff type thing. You at least get to test and see, like, oh, I might actually like this other guy. Let me throw my vote out there the first time around, and then you know, you, oh, there is support for this because you know, I mean, we really the way the two party system is locked up here uh, makes it to where nobody even wants to take a chance. And you know, you've seen it here in New Hampshire where there'll be a libertarian Republican who gets elected, and then he'll switch to beat an L. You know, it actually, well, it'll be a loser too, but no, ah, uh, he'll switch to be a libertarian and then he won't get any votes. And it's like, but wait, you're already the incumbent. So it, it is right. really, it is really strange to see how powerful the two party effect is in people's minds here. But anyways, that was, you know, you could go ahead, go ahead, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, it, it is interesting because the debates in Argentina actually had all the parties polling over 1%. So they had the uh, the socialists, which are they're like literally communist and they're open about that. Mm. You have this uh, this this province called Cordoba is like the most based. They call it Cordoba based. It's like the most anti Kirchner province. It's a farming province and they hate the the Peronists and the Kirchners generally. Um, and they had their own candidate trying to represent the interior of the country because Buenos Aires, it, it, like I said, it's eighth biggest country. It, uh, it most of the, like, um, it's very dominated by Buenos Aires. They got about 15 million people there and the rest of the country is pretty empty. So, um, there's, they're, they're, they're trying to, there's other province, Cordoba ran somebody to try to get some interest into the, uh, the interior of the country. Then you had the center, right. And then you had Massa, which is like the Kirchner, Peronis, and then Malay. So, um, the, um, the center, right disgraced themselves with Macri when the economy just kept getting worse. And then um, Massa was the economics minister the last two years when the, the economy just just fell off a roof. So he he had lost a lot of his um, a lot of his um, he I mean, he had, was disrespect like nobody respected him. And then you had this crazy guy that is actually talking about inflation, which nobody else was talking about in Malay. and um, and that's I think that's why he was chosen. So, yeah, I mean, he basically he yeah. So he it, the, the debates were great watching all five of those. And Malay really hated the socialist uh, Marion Bregman, but it was pretty funny. Did he hold back at all, or did he call her a parasite? Uh, he, no, he he was fairly civil hmm. in the debates. Um, Probably the best idea. Yeah, he. <laughs> He uh, there was famous clips of him um, when he was a pundit calling politicians parasites to their face. Nice. <laughs> Saying you're a parasite. You That's know, awesome. stuff like that. Well, yeah, stuff like that. But he, is- he was pretty civil because he he knew that he already had those people. He already had the people that loved, you know, when he called people, par- you know, his yeah. craziness. 
he was trying to get the people that were like, you on know, those other, yeah, on the fence or like he wanted to assure them that he wasn't crazy, you know, or anything like, or a clown, like he'd always been called. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm kind of missing the old, you know, antics, to be honest. I'm just like hoping he'll he'll run out of the, you know, the the Casa Rosada. Which does he is, have a Twitter? You know, uh, he, I, I think he does. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not on Twitter, awesome. so he's always uh, retweeting oh, Rothbard, and uh, he's always retweeting Rothbard and all the li- like, all this libertarian shit. Yeah, uh, he's, he definitely oh, wait, he uh, you can't those cuss on the air, the- so just sorry, don't, sorry, sorry, it's sorry. okay. Just don't forget you can't cuss on the air. I didn't say anything wrong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we can't say any FFCC unfriendly things on the air. I kind of forgot oh. to tell you that, but you mostly don't cuss, so. Anyways. Yeah, I, I cut very, cuss very little, but uh, yeah. So uh, um, he um, he did call the uh, just like last week. It caused he called the Colombian president a uh, a, a murderer that mm, oh, yeah, is in this country. <laughs> well, he is a murderer, right? <laughs> yeah, he was actually a murderer, but that's like to call somebody else. A, I actually kind of disagree with some some of that, but. Um, but it, I mean, so he does still has that in him. But what what kind of policies has he started implementing since he's gotten into office? Because people, um, of course, a lot of people are um, even even me. Like when he ran, I was like, "This is interesting," but it's probably a psyops. This is interesting, but I am just so black pilled on the entire world that it's probably all fake. So, what has he actually done that's good since he got into office? Oh, uh, so he is not fake. Um, and I was like you, like, what is he going to do? Mm-hmm. And he has gone light speed towards deregulating his country, towards cutting spending. Um, so when he got elected, um, it, the first month of him being in government, they cut the government spending 30%. So nice. 30% lower spending. In just the month. first month. Yeah. In just the first month. He his first he had, day his first, yeah, was he eliminated all of those departments from twenty one down to nine. Yeah, and he's he's eliminated one more to eight. So oh, he, he did he did get the that last one? He got uh yeah, he got rid of infrastructure. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, you know, uh, I was looking at it, I was like, Oh, you liar, you fake, you phony. You said you were gonna go to eight. Ah, we are not getting what we he wanted here. What a he's he's a psyop because he said he eight, but he left us with nine. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. No, so now he's actually done that. So yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so he's he's cut down uh yeah, he's cut down from twenty one to eight. Um he just just on the government side, he's eliminated all the, of these uh, political appointees, uh, a ton of them. Uh, I can't remember. It's like over it, – it, it's quite a few of them uh, that he's well, th- eliminated. But thousands, thousands of actual like government employees have been yeah. basically fired. Yeah. Right. He's fired. Um, he's requiring everybody to go to work. So you have to actually go to work. So what Argentina is interesting, um, after the pandemic – they didn't, they were all remote work. And what happens in Argentina is like, there's so much fraud in the government, whereas uh, everybody knows this happens. It happens all the time. And uh, people know that people that do this, like, you, let's say you get a job with the government and you go on maternity leave, you're still getting paid. You just never come back and they keep paying you. They do stuff like that all the time. Whereas all these people just keep getting paid by the government. They don't even work. 
And uh, so he, Malay's like, you got to come into the office. For you to get paid, you have to actually come into the office. So he's like requiring people to come into the office. So he's kind of being and like Elon like, Musk for Twitter, but with the whole yes. country. Yeah. So he's, yeah. And, um, and so he's cutting out those people that are fraud. He's auditing every single department and they, uh, they're, they're cutting everything. I mean, all the cars, all the cell phone plans, anything that's waste they're cutting. Um, Argentina has all these welfare plans and they found out that like 160,000 welfare plans were going to rich people. Uh, so like, yeah, like they, people... they also cut, they cut, uh, like payments to people who were receiving them who didn't even live in the country. Wow. That's right. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Like these welfare plans were going to people that are rich and stuff. I mean, you'd rather, you'd like to have an extra $2,000 in your pocket just for, from the government. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, he did that. Um, and that they were mad. Yeah, you need, remember what I told you about the infrastructure projects being the source of corruption in Argentina? Mm-hmm. He ended all the infrastructure projects. So, so just he's just going to privatize it, basically? Um, he's gonna. He's like. Uh, he's like. Uh, provinces. Well, he probably do. would want to, as like an Austrian economist type guy. But he's at least just cutting the f- government funding of all the current projects that they're doing. That's right. He's um in in his omnibus law that he's doing right now. He's basically setting up where they can privately pay for these instruct. Like they could raise money privately for these infrastructure projects. So, yeah. So Argentina is a provincial. Um, um, system, not a state system. So the central government really does run almost everything. Um, they have way more power than the states do. And so really the fen- central government has runs the provinces and he has gotten, he's reduced the amount of uh, money to the provinces almost to, to basically cover the very bare, the, just the minimums that he needs to cover. So but- that's actually. I thought he had to pump a bunch more money into the economy while he's doing these things so it doesn't, like, you know, cause really bad. So how is he no, doing that? He's not pumping any money. He's not printing any money. He's not doing anything like that. Hmm, I he's, guess I had a, a misunderstanding. I thought he was making kind of like a cushion for people who, because with the way that he's making these changes, things were, are going to get worse before they get better, right? So I thought he was okay. like... I think we did read an article a couple weeks ago or something that it seemed to allude to something like that. But yeah, I mean, we kind of mentioned before some of it's hard because it's like all translated into English and it's like, yeah, you're only getting a few perspectives. We're not able to absorb all of the content that is available on Malay. So he yeah, so he is he didn't cut like food stamps. That's smart. So, like, if 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 he's not cutting like food stamps or anything like that, um, in fact, uh, for children, he increased uh, food stamps. So, for children, sixty percent of the children in Argentina are poor, uh, in poverty. So he he he's like these children can't take care of themselves. Uh, they they you know. So he was like, we're going to make sure they have food. Um, so that's what's probably what you're referring to. Hmm. But um, so that's like one of the only things that he has done. But that, I mean, he's tr- trying to give you know, it, it's 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 a country where people eat out of the trash um, regularly. And I've seen children have very little food. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, I, I mean, 
you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, but uh, so he all so uh, that's just on the the government side. He's been he's been cutting spending like crazy. He did this. Uh, so the Peronists, the Kirchners, had control of the Congress and the and the executive branch. And what they did is they strengthened this executive order thing. Where and then now it's um, backfired on them. It's kind it's of funny. Totally backfired yeah. on them. So they 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 just hmm. did this executive order where they could do whatever they wanted to do. And we and, say that all the time on Free Talk Live. We talk about how anytime you you want to give the government some control of something when your guys are in, well, don't forget that when the other people are in, they're going to use it against you. That's right. And but it's happening in a good way. Malay just like did this thing where he like deregulated the whole economy. (laughs) And he told the Wall Street Journal just this Monday, I think it was, he said this, basically everything that Scott has went over in this segment represents only a quarter of the reforms we are proposing. And once these laws have passed, we are willing to push for more. I mean, you know, it's, right. it's it's amazing too. Like that list, it's it's so comprehensive. I almost can't even like recall all of the things it's, on it's it. So it's it's much. everything from from licensing laws for different types of jobs to like restrictions on landlords to uh, uh, right. what else? You know, restrictions uh, in different industries. Oh, yeah, open skies policies. You know, it's like all the little things, because you'll find, you know, especially amongst libertarians, we'll complain about some of these, like, certain things that there are, like, in the U.S., like, re- regarding airlines or, like, what is it, the Joneses Act? Is that the one with the, uh, the seagull? Yeah, the ships. And we'll, back. Yeah, yeah, and we'll complain about those things. And it's just, those are little ones that, like, kind of bother us. And you have this whole entire list of them, and each one of them might not even be that significant, you know, as opposed to just some, you know, general level of taxation for the average person. But, uh, you know, he's, like, doing everything. It's like each every little thing that anybody who's a libertarian or or austrian economist type guy would do if they were you know in that position or at least that's the test i've been using as i look at it i'm like what would i do if i was in his position well you know i'd come in and on the first day i would eliminate everything i possibly could i wouldn't try and hold back you know and i'd show the people that i am actually doing what i'm saying i'm going to do to get support because i've seen it so many times you know politicians in the u.s you know specifically republicans who will say they're going to like do some good stuff some libertarian stuff free the economy in this way or that way and they come in and they don't really do any of that and then and then it like turns into this like whole uh bargaining chip thing oh i couldn't do all of it now and whatever but then it's like well now i don't even want to like help you know like support you at all but in his case he's even like kind of pressuring the congress he's like hey look i you know we're waiting on you guys right now and i just got voted <laughs> in by this huge majority so you know you guys might be on the chopping block next with the voters because they're 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 behind me you know yeah uh that's that's exactly right and um yeah he's been going at, at such a rapid pace that um that it has um it has actually got galvanized a lot of people behind him um, that actually see that he's um, for real. And uh, a lot of these uh, people were talking about how uh, his Congress is just so terrible. It's um, all social Democrats. And I mean, there's a few libertarians. His party out of 257 only got 38 elected, the libertarians. Now, when he got elected, there was only two, I think. It was either two to five. I think there was only two when he got elected in 2021. And his how party. many are in, are in Congress now? 257. Wow. So his party got 38 elected, which is a big increase, but only 38 out of 257. Oh, okay. Well, still, there are 38 in the Congress. I, yeah. There's not that in the United States. 
um, 38, you know, basically and caps. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Libertad Avanza, which is like libertarians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's also, it's also breaking up the whole entire uh, you know, as he would call it, the cast, but the whole political system up there to where people who've been in these parties but haven't been able to go against them, you know, are actually kind of like, oh, well, maybe I'll jump ship. And maybe those people aren't principled, you know, that could be it, or they don't have, you know, the the the, the fortitude to stand up for what they believe in until that somebody else is there to do it for them. But at least there are people even switching sides, so to speak. I don't know if they're actually changing any kind of party affiliation, but I hear that people who have been in the other two, uh, you know, the the... Peronists and the uh, Kirch, I can't say it. But anyways. The Peronists and Kirchners are the yeah. same. The uh, the Peronists in the center right, they call them the uh, the pro. They're, 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 they, they, here's the thing: they change their names all the time. Um, they they keep the same like symbols and stuff, but they change their names. So I just call them the center right party, the pro party. Um, they're with Malay. Uh, they won't go as far as Malay wants to go on everything. But they're with him in a lot of this stuff. So, um, um, and it, it, it just said that the fact that he's been such a strong leader, I mean, you know, when Trump got elected, and I know we don't, but oh, like, we're going he, to lock her up, we're going to throw her in jail. I know, She's but a bad he, was woman. Like, he was like a bumbling fool when he was president, you know? Uh, yes, he was going to get you, but he could only get Ian. No, 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 that's, that's, <laughs> oh, that's, God. that's lock her up, Hillary. But he was such a bumbling fool when he was elected. Like he didn't, he didn't do anything. You know. In fact, that's another thing. You know, I I just want to say, like, like, yeah, yeah. Malay has this extreme agenda. I mean, it's you know extreme by some people's viewpoints. It's reasonable to us. But um, you know, what's the closest that we've ever gotten from anything here in the U.S.? Like, I mean, Ronald Reagan said he was going to get rid of the education department. That's just one. And then nothing, and that didn't happen. And it didn't happen. But and that's what we're seeing, right? So we see, like, even with Donald Trump, how he like promised all these the things. Wall. None of that happened, right? But for and some reason, like, people oh, are still like diehard Donald yeah. Trump fans. Like, yeah, exactly. he's gonna save us, Joe yeah. Biden, so bad. But yeah. Malay got in office, and immediately, like within days of him being in office, he had already done more than any U.S. president ever had. You know, and, and, and a lot of the people yeah. who uh, are like. Oh, it's a psyop and all of this. One, they're not checking into any of these details. I find they just yeah. say they say very ignorant things that I'm. Oh, d- darn! There we go again. I was gonna re- circle back to something I said earlier. This, yeah. So. Okay, then just hold on. It's free talk live. More coming up. Don't go anywhere. And we'll be back for the last hour of free talk live. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, here. guest on but the number is 603-283-6160 we have a couple callers actually with questions for the guest he's our 
Javier Malay expert Scott. But first, I wanted to tell you that Free Talk Live is brought to you by ForkFest, happening June 13th through the 16th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, so there is no ticket cost and no one is in charge. For more information and to connect with other attendees, you can visit the unofficial website forkfest.party. That's forkfest.party. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Colin, Nikki, Sorry. and Scott. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in the studio. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's on the studio. Yeah, good, good point. The, the, we hey, have him uh, remotely. To tell everybody, uh, you know what what uh, a knowledgeable person Scott is on Millet. He's been following him for such a long time. He was taking the tantric sex courses before even I was. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That is a joke. No, but like um, he actually followed him before he was crazy popular. And I feel like I, I got to get down there before all the libertarians are going there. I really think that that's going to start happening. All the libertarians are going to go there and then they'll be cooler than me. And I'll have to work extra hard. I'll have to get a picture with Malay to end up any cooler than them. And I am <laughs> going to do that. I'm going to manifest that. My, uh, my father-in-law has known Malay since uh, my father-in-law is a PhD academic. He's a, actually an Austrian economist. He's really wait, rare. wait, is he Austrian or Argentinian? He's he's an he's Argentinian that studies Austrian economics. <laughs> Dang, he's way cooler than me. And uh, he's known Malay for like ten years. <clears throat> so they they had a, they they have a degrees from the same university actually. So they had the same um, professors, and uh, it's a it's like what it's one of the universities that actually teaches free market economics well, in Argentina. That's crazy. Is there even one in the United States? Like, I don't um, know. there's there's a bunch of different professors who are, George Mason uh, yeah. is a free markets. They actually have free markets in George they're, Mason. They're all around. There's one at the University of Missouri in Columbia. And, uh, I had them. Oh, you did? My professors were actually libertarian, yeah. That's how I became a libertarian. They, um, oh, that's so, cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, if if they're, if you're a professor and you're libertarian, you're almost completely going to be in, like, the economics department because they don't exist yeah, anywhere right. else. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, um, like the theater teachers that are libertarians. <laughs> the gender studies. Um, libertarian you teacher you did say that you have had a um comment from the last segment so let's get into that and then we'll get into the calls uh yeah what what exactly were we, i had a great comment but uh what exactly what were we talking about? uh about the people who say he's like a fake or something like that malay oh oh yeah i do have a great comment um here's what they do in in these in these uh south american countries is um what will happen is the ruling party will destroy the economy uh so bad and then what they'll do is they'll let somebody uh somebody like a free market person win and then the economy just just goes to just falls apart on them so with malay that's what they're hoping happens is uh the economy is so bad, like it has um, it has so many debts and the 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 currency was basically hyperinflating when Malay took office. It was it was going yeah, at a yeah. 15,000 percent a year. Um, and and those things, you set those trends in motion long before they, they and then, you know, That's there's right. a momentum and they keep going too. Um, you know, right. I, I think they were the people who were in were 
planning something even worse, you know, um, as far as like the IMF bailouts that they got for like $45 billion that they blew within what, like six months? And I think they were going to try to purposefully put the country into debt and then force it onto a CBDC. And that that's another thing, too. People are saying, oh, you know, oh, he, you know, he's like not real or whatever. He's just going to let us down or whatever. I'm like, you have to think about who the other guy was. The other guy was oh, actually Matt, open. Matt, yeah, he was openly saying he was going to put the country on a CBDC. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, this is a little bit like a repudiation of that. The one thing Massa said about uh, the one thing Massa said about um, inflation is that they're going to solve it with a central bank digital currency. <laughs> he said it. Wow. Massa, like, Argentina is like the WEF. Like it was like the, the WEF paradise because all the leagues do really well. Like the WEF people and all the people, all the everybody else is really poor. And uh, Malay, you know, has has come out against all that. He's doesn't believe in climate change. Uh, he uh, he's said that Agenda 2030 is a socialist hellhole. Like you know, um, basically they they the the ruling party didn't really want to touch. They they're letting him rule partly because they don't they know the economy is so bad that um, they don't actually want to rule right now. And then what happened is Malay is actually changing he's actually cutting spending and all this stuff so he's actually like you know he's going way farther than they ever thought he would so um he actually might turn them around (laughs) and um like it, it might backfire in their faces letting him get elected yeah i do know at least one person um who has said oh he's gonna fail and then bringing uh, uh, anarcho-capitalism down with him. Like, that's their idea of what the psyops would be. And um, I, I really hope that that's on it. I think that's just a very black-pilled way to look at things. No, like, they, they, um, the other two parties had disgraced themselves. It was a really unique situation. Um, the, the ruling party what felt uh, like they could never lose. They got lazy. Um and they weren't, you know, and the, the, you know, if, if the, if, if the, if the economy is that bad and everybody is totally against the, you know, your party and they're about to like have like a revolution, like, yeah, you, you, that's when you actually get some changes. Well, let's go to the callers because we have an actual communist on the line, Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, what did you want to tell Scott and Colin here about how communism is good, actually? Oh, yes. You know, communism, uh, I'm a socialist, and then they're behind, like, free lunch programs, like having everybody f- have food. Social the security is communism. Sorry, um, so the guest is asking what's going on. So basically you're saying that socialism is good because they're behind giving people free lunches. What What do you guys have to say to that? I mean, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Uh, the, uh, somebody's paying for it somewhere. The food comes from somewhere. Even if it take money out of the equation, there's a guy that has to grow that stuff, you know, and so he's just going to slave in the soil. Is he a slave to these people to to grow food right. for them? Right, but it's a, it's a it's a matter of a communism. It's about it must come from it, it does come from somewhere else, but it helps people that need food. So all of the children get food, like in New Mexico, I think. All of the kids get free um, lunches and breakfast, um, and then uh, you don't have to apply. All of the kids, so they get, they don't get bullied and picked on. So all the uh, so it's kind of like a communist, um, a socialist uh, state here. 
Um, so what, yeah. what is wrong with that? So the, in a communist country, a doctors like I mean, what do, what do you think will happen if free? what do you think will happen to a generation of people that just get you know stuff for free? Do you think that? Oh, Sarah's always saying that everyone in New Mexico is stupid and depressed and drunk. Yeah, and then, uh, well, the thing about it is that you know you're at, you're um, encouraged to work and volunteer as your you are able encouraged. to. Encouraged. So the kind of motto is that you get you receive according to your needs, and then you perform and work according to your ability. How, how do we know what people's needs and abilities are? Well, I mean, uh, you know, doesn't people have um, their, their natural likes and talent, and people contribute the way that they're able to? Yeah, but I mean, there's so, like, like, let me put it this way: I have like, a, like a degree in engineering, and so I could do a lot of things like with circuits and things like that. So I could like build a lot of things for people. But there's other things I like more than that, like writing music. So, you know, what do, what do you think is going to help people more? Me writing music or me doing the other thing? You know. Like, just because the people have well, abilities you know, doesn't mean they want to I mean, do it, you know? Well, in a communist country, you contribute to what you feel is the best for the community, is a commune. Let me tell so you this, too. Were... Nobody likes the music I like. So if I had a choice between doing engineering work, which is harder, and just sitting around and, like, writing music on the piano all day that nobody is going to actually like, how is society better off? Well, I mean, you, you know what? I, I, you know what? I, um, I guess you just performing to what I guess you, you're just useless. You want to contribute to the community. Well, a doctor in communist Cuba, they get paid the same amount of money as and, and everybody else because you're just being a contributing, and then you're receiving what everybody else gets. To so, why would someone want to do a very difficult job like being a doctor when? So, like, if Colin had the the option to either be a doctor. Or to just make random music and art all day, why would he choose to be a doctor? Like, that would take a lot more effort. If he's going to get paid the same amount of money either way, where, where is the incentive to do something more productive? Well, the, the incentive is for your common, your uh, brother, and then your country, and then you that love for oh. the, the commune of your country, then oh, the, uh, yeah. to serve other people. So, sorry, sorry to cut and, you off and there. Then that, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think anybody here actually understood what what I was what I was getting at, which was it's not it's not that I don't care about people or don't like people or wouldn't want to help them. It's also how do I know what people really need or want? So I have an option between you know like let's say being a doctor or writing the music. How am I going to know how much doctoring I need to do? For instance, I could do be a doctor for one hour. Or I could be a doctor for, you know, 40 hours a week, but I could also push myself really hard, like, you know, and do it for 80 hours a week. And so the question is, how much doctoring do, needs to be provided for people, you know, and and we don't have a way of, like, determining that if there's not, like, freedom of exchange. No, I mean, don't you think that you, you would come out of your conscience of, like, we need help with this, we need help with that, would you like to contribute? I mean, wouldn't it be common sense for somebody to, like, I'm going to do most of my time doctoring and maybe uh, a little bit of time doing music because that's what I'm, I'm best to, to be of service to my community. Well, one thing I have to ask, and, uh, Sarah, is and, and, have you ever paid attention to any other communist countries? Like, have you listened to the other uh, the rest of this show at all, where we were describing how communism has um, 
created such poverty in Argentina? Well, okay, what about the U.S. sanctions? You know, the... The, the U.S. doesn't have any sanctions against, yeah, Argentina. Argentina has no sanctions. Well, um, you know, that they... Okay, so I don't, I don't know, but it's... I don't believe that it's the communist format that makes really a poverty. They blame that. But it's the all the uh, imposed sanctions. If you trade with Argentina, like if you Cuba and Mexico trades with the, uh, and they found out that they'll do an embargo on that country to make the communism fail over and over again. Uh, well, I mean, the I, United States isn't forcing Mexico not to trade with Cuba. You could buy Cuban cigars in Mexico. That's where uh, a lot of people go to get them. Um, so it's really just the U.S. that has an embargo against Cuba. Uh, I, I, I'm not even sure if any other countries do right now, Scott. No, there's no other countries in the U.S. It's it's kind of an embargo, but it's you can still give them aid, you can still give them free stuff. It's um, you just can't do some commerce with them, but uh, they have they can they you know um, we had we had a a poor uh, we had a, a, a lady that. It was in my apartment complex, and um, she didn't even know English in here, and she lived here 30 years, and she didn't make much money at all. Uh, I did her taxes, I know. And um, she was she was about as poor as you can get in the United States. She actually, She's Colombian citizen, so she could go to Cuba. She went to Cuba thinking in, in December, thinking it would be a great tropical uh, vacation. And she cried the whole time because she was so poor. She said that they had no toilet paper. They had no, uh, um, like, people weren't wearing shoes. Um, I mean, she could, like, like everything is decayed. And she, she like, making, like, less than $15,000 a year in the U.S. felt like she was the richest person in Cuba. And um, it, it was just... She, it, like the food was like had you know was decayed so like she was she it's just in shock and she grew up in in you know Colombia when it when it was having its troubles with the narcos too so it's like uh, it's it's just like no it it doesn't work and there's there's many economists that it will explain to you why it works beyond beyond just the incentives uh, the knowledge problem the the economic coordination problem you know. So it's 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 tank uh, Argentina to an extreme degree, and um, you know it's it, it's 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 empirically it's failed everywhere. It's killed a hundred million people. Hey, uh, sir, if you could, if you have anything to say to Scott about what he just said, go ahead. But then I've got kind of a question for you. Oh, I already um, hung up on oh, Sarah because oh. we have other callers oh, to okay, listen to, okay. and I felt like we made our point to Sarah because she doesn't listen. She um, only repeats what she believes well, that's true i i have the hope that maybe it'll reach someone else you know like maybe that back and forth will kind of reach right. someone else that's listening to the show or just catching it on the yeah, radio yeah. or whatever. exactly I, 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 I could say this because i'll still say it for anybody in the audience to hear yeah uh i'd say this to anybody who you know calls themselves a communist uh you know one how many people need to do the communism with you in order for it to work that's the first question. Is it is it 10 people? Is it 100 people? Is it 1,000? How many people are going to have to do it with you? And then the second thing is, what are you doing in and of yourself to do your own communism? There's nothing stopping you from sharing with people and helping people all that you want. 
The problem is when you're going to have to force other people into this system, and that's always the issue with it. And I, I tell people all the time, I mean, like, I'm living my life here in New Hampshire doing all of the libertarian things to the best of my ability. You know, I, I live within the, the community up here. I use as many alternative currencies as I can. Um, I do business primarily with the people in the community, only a little bit with the outside. Um, you know, I'm living everything that I want to be living right now. And and I don't think there's anything that stops you and a bunch of other communists from just getting together and go forming a commune. I mean, you might still have to pay a little bit of property tax if you're in the U.S., but you could just go form your own commune if you want. And I would tell every single communist to do that. Can you please, please just stop voting on violence and force against me telling me the things that I have to do. You know, the doctor example is really good because, you know, how many doctors do we need? Okay, let's say somebody goes to school and they're a doctor. Well, how much doctoring are they going to be forced to do for other people? And she said, oh, well, they'll just realize how much they need to do. I mean, I don't know. Well, how do we put a uh, – and I, and I don't want to say price because that's bringing it back to money, which confuses a lot of people. But how much effort needs to go into it? You know, we, we need people to, to have prices so that they can see what the value of things is and know how much doctoring it is to do. Because, you know, here's the thing. You might say, oh, a doctor should have a 40-hour work week. But that's not the only way to organize life. A doctor could have an 80-hour per work week. If he's making enough money, he could pay people to do things for him, like have a maid and have a cook and have a – and now he can actually be super productive at 80 hours a week, as, as you know, given that example. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, we do have another caller who specifically said they had a question for the guests. So, um, caller, you're on Free Talk Live. It's your boy, the uh, evolutionary capitalist. Young skeet. Hey, anarcho-capitalism and more broadly uh, all of libertarianism has perverted the concepts of true capitalism and the great work of the classical economists. Uh, why are you ANCAPs always trying to fix democracy? Has it ever occurred to you that fiscal failure is the true cure to the disease of democracy? I might advocate for Malay if he would just repudiate and default on the debt, then implement my vision of the crypto reputation system that eventually would even make Bitcoin obsolete. Then he should commit suicide. Oh, okay, well, that's gross. I don't like you saying that on the air. Um, you know, uh, Scott might actually disagree with me on this, but I would have actually been totally fine if he just, uh, you know, repudiated the, the debt and just started on a fresh a fresh thing. I mean, what he's doing is way more work than is maybe necessary for somebody to do in that position. I mean, I, I liken it to he's doing like kind of the right thing to just show like how serious it is. You know, I, I guess I'm not right really putting that into the words I want to, but whatever. Here's why I, I think that he can't repudiate the debt. Why um, is they do have a lot of. Um, they do have a lot of people that are paid by the government. They, they, their, their educ, their medical system is all uh, government funded, um, and um, and the, so they, they do have a lot of people working for the government. And if you just ended all of this, it would be, uh, it would cause an unbelievable amount of chaos. And um, um, and there's other problems too. Uh, is the pro other problems, and by the way, that would just uh, drive the country to hyperinflation. It would, uh, it would, it would just be a huge mess, and he wouldn't survive that politically. Yeah, maybe not. Um, hmm. uh, Skeeter's another resident troll who just says, um, 
crazy things that he's made up and he really sucks so i hung up on him we do have alu axelman from the uh, from libertyblock.com on the line alu did you have a question for the guests about you know argentina or did you want to change the topic could you slow down a little bit when well, you speak too <laughs> yes and it's great to hear the great scott scheller on the show and my question for him and his wife, I guess, is Javier Millet wrote a bunch of books. I think I think they're all in Espanol. Is there one that's the best in Espanol or English that would um, be a good intro to read about free market economics, his Austrian economic philosophy? Uh, yeah, some, some of his books are just on uh, Argentina politics. So he's got some on on inflation he's got some on uh, by the way they're all in spanish so far they haven't been translated to english which is uh if you uh, you know if you're an entrepreneur you could probably make some good money uh translating these but um um he probably he does have one like um and uh ron paul like a, a basic economics so where he's teach he has basic concepts and that that's the one that i would refer people to i don't remember the name but um, there's, 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 there's a, just, uh, like an introductory book, like kind of like in the fed or, or the rep, Ron Paul's revolution that Malay has, um, the rest of them are uh, sometimes more technical are more pointed towards Argentina, um, and that sort of thing. So Alu, has our show tonight gotten you any more excited about Javier Malay? Were you a fan before? Were you a fence sitter? What do you feel about him? No, I, I was a, I was a big fan of him. Um, I only started following him the last few months. I did, and I wrote an article for LibertyBlock.com when he won. I was super nice. excited. Um, plus, I was like uh, tentatively skeptical and tentatively optimistic. And then it seems like he has been doing some really really good things and staying pretty principled despite being president of one of the biggest countries in the world, which is incredible. Right. And I love that he says he says anarchist. He says libertarian. It's amazing that he says those words. It, it is really amazing. Um, 603-283-6160. Thank you, Scott, for being on tonight and explaining to us about um, Argentina and how we got here today. We have an anarcho-capitalist president in Argentina. 603-283-6160. One more segment coming up. Don't go anywhere. It's Free Talk Live. It's good. Um, sorry. I think we're back. Here. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, bye, Scott. It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and 603-283-6160 is the phone number here. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Uh, Alex Jones. (laughs) Oh, sorry, Colin. And Nikki. You could have done Alex Jones the rest of the segment, couldn't you? I mean, I am actually here in the room right now, folks, okay? I've got to tell you, I'm thinking I'm going to have to eat my neighbor's. Oh my god! Go look it up, folks. You'll love it. I hadn't seen that before, but I guess a lot I'll of people. Sh- I'll show you it. afterwards. But apparently, Alex Jones thinks he's going to have to eat his neighbors, and honestly, I don't blame him. Um, after hearing the last show we just did with Scott talking about hyperinflation and when that comes to America, you know, it, it's 
surprising how bad uh, the communism uh, stuff could be. You know, just look up the uh, Holodomor, which is what uh, the Russians did to the Ukrainians, and you know, eating people is not off the table. Uh, but but they forget you go and through now. the pets first. Mm. Oh, yeah. she, oh, that's what made her sad. Wow. No, I'm just teasing. That's no, where Bonnie draws the line. Is uh, pets? No. No, I also said during Mao. Also, um, they were like eating each other. Like they didn't want to eat their own children because that's too sad. So they were eating their neighbors' children and trading. Oh well, that's that's a little better. Yeah, it's much oh, better. You know, you know what sucks this time around though? You know, with all the 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 jabs, you know, I'm not going to want to eat that meat. No, <laughs> contaminated. That's that's the worst part about the coming of the zombie apocalypse. We're not going to actually you know want to eat them. Ugh. Well, I think that the world is just getting weirder and weirder, and evidence of that is a Southern New Hampshire diaper spa. Have you guys heard about this? I, I have. I feel like you've heard about it, Colin. Well, what's that? Well, what, what is a diaper spa? I guess I need to ask first. Have you heard of the, the what is it, the DDLG movement? I don't uh, know what that is. I think- it's, it's, like a, it's like a sex fetish thing. Um, it's, um, what does it stand for? Daddy, Dom, and Little Girl. Oh. Where, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it gets weird. I've gone into some YouTube rabbit holes with some of this content just because it Sounds it's like, like a, you shouldn't admit to that on the air. It's like a car accident, right? It's Best like. kind of thing. It sounds like you don't want the FBI to hear you. <laughs> I don't, yeah. And nobody, right, told, that's her to, nobody true. told her to look it up, though. She's just like, huh, I wonder if. And she forgot so, the number one rule of the internet. It exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's like a car accident, right? You're like, oh, this is horrific, but you're like, but yeah, it's still so... I can't believe it's real. Yeah. And it is real, and apparently there's enough of a community, I guess you could... It's it's enough of a thing where there is one of these diaper spas in Nashua, apparently. In Nashua, that's where it is. I keep hearing Southern New Hampshire, so, so I'm like, Which is, is it Keen? No. If, if it's God. Yeah, it makes sense that it's in Nashua. That's like the sense. weirdo place of New Hampshire. It does make a lot more sense. I mean, if uh, it was nothing in, weird in Keene. If it was no, in, yeah, definitely just us. <laughs> if it was in Keene, more people would be like, what the heck is going on? Like, there's it's a less small of, enough town. I think it's like, uh, there's less of a market over here. Probably. I wouldn't think there would be a market anywhere around here. Right. Or just like, it, period. I thought this was, because previously, it's like the furries thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like, stuff, like weird obscure kinks like that are usually like best kept to yourself Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like if you want to do like underground but very rarely do people wait are people are people paying for this oh apparently yeah yeah. huh i might hmm. so essentially what it is i don't know if the article gets into it but (laughs) you know with with communism how are we going to know how many diaper spas we need (laughs) and how many diapers per person you know it's these are the questions we can't answer with communism the diapers according to your need and do you have to share the diapers because in communism (laughs) you would share things right no just from the goodness Ugh. of your heart, you would share the diapers. Mm, okay. Oh, gosh. Well, let's get into it. This is from Boston.com. Didn't even know there was such a thing. It says, what's a diaper spa and why is it raising eyebrows in New Hampshire? I just, I can't believe it's New Hampshire. Like, why would you just decide, like, where am I going to open my diaper spa? Uh, New Hampshire. What, well, there must did be... it on the border, Nashua. Yeah. You know, yeah. Still... There must be one somewhere else. So New Hampshire yeah. can't be like the first that would be hilarious. place. You know what I mean? That would be hilarious. It says, uh, people tend to fear anything that they fail to comprehend, said the owner of the diaper spa, a new business that's stoking local controversy. And the other thing is, like, you're stoking local controversy on purpose with a name like the diaper spa. Well, I'm curious how spa-like it is. 
Is it yeah. like, it's like, I feel like it's a diaper retreat or something. Well, because when you think about it, I, I guess the whole point of this is they pretend that they're children, which is very problematic because then you get, it gives you like major pedophile vibes. Right. Seriously. I mean, so, and it doesn't just, I know like the, the DDLG thing is like with the, the female as the baby, but there also are men who wear giant onesies and giant <laughs> adult diapers and put pacifiers in their mouths. And they pretend that they're babies and then they have some person come take care of them. And you know what I mean? Like people get really, really into it. Um, and it is. It's just like, why are you aroused by that? Because I do think it's a sexual thing. I mean, I do. So too. I don't know why they're like sexually into that. Like it's it's very problematic, I think. I feel like it obviously has to be a sexual if you're wearing a diaper, but <laughs> people are saying, oh, it's not sexual. Don't think of it as a kink. It's not. I mean, it's just therapy. No, I wouldn't want my kids around <laughs> these people. Right. No. And, and I just have to agree. I don't want to be around them either as an adult. Oh, I'll definitely. have to tell you, we oh, have yeah. one in the community. Do we? Like, really? Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say Colin knows everything. I do. Yeah, Colin has the juicy you gossip. Guys, Seriously. You know, this is the first time I've ever been on the show. I've been living in the state for like over 10 years. Well, maybe it's less than 10 years. But um, I, you know, I'm the one that got TJ to come here. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes, yes. Because we, we knew That's each awesome. other out in Missouri. And actually, I'm used to arguing with like liberals and communists, but I converted yeah. him. From a communist. Or well, he wasn't a, a communist. A he was just a liberal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hmm. so now he has to I call into the so show grateful. and set us straight, right, TJ? Oh, I hope TJ's <laughs> listening. I, I just love TJ so much. TJ the Spy, um, he's a co-host of the show, if, for those of you that don't listen. He was here for the first FBI raid on this building that we're in. Um, and yeah, I'm really grateful for Colin for bringing him here. I just love TJ so much, and I want him to move back. Glowing review. Oh, yeah, he's like one of my favorite people. Like, whenever TJ's around, I'm like, yeah, I'm going through like my husband's... Uh, trial court trial date stuff but everything's fine because tj is here i'm like literally imagining his voice i'd respond but i don't think i could do his voice or i'd be doing an impression of him right now oh bonnie that's exactly yeah (laughs) oh bonnie now here bonnie just come over here you know what else would he say you know i i have a story about one time something like this happened when the government was coming after me and and you just have to stand in there and i said and i said to them and then he says something really crazy and outrageous (laughs) Which he didn't say. He's just saying that he said it, you know. <laughs> so how did we segue from the diaper spa to TJ? Um, because I said uh, Colin knows everything. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, and okay. Colin said that we... we I was about have... to say, is he, is he the... No, is no. Is he the, the... The what? The, the uh, diaper wearer. Yeah. Oh, me? No. <laughs> what? No, what do you mean? Is he... Is who? No, TJ, because you just randomly no, brought no, up TJ. no, no, no. Uh, no, I was just bringing up people that I know and stuff like that. Yeah. Jay, Jay, I guess Jay mentions my name cred, on like you know? every other show, apparently. He does? Oh, really? I, well, people tell me. I don't listen to the show. I know I'm bad. You're a frequent uh, mention I, on this I show? I guess so, because people tell I'm me. I'm on with like, him, but I feel like if he mentions you, it's like he talks about like this person that lives at my... I feel like he doesn't mention you No, he's, uh, he's apparently said like my full name many times. <laughs> yeah, social security yeah. number and everything. Well, you for know, some address. reason, I knew your last name, and I didn't know how I knew it, so maybe that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, most of the audience doesn't know your real name because <laughs> everybody here has a fake name, you know, Bonnie Freeman, you know, that's not fake. That's my real name. No, no, no. Her real name is Bertha. Everybody knows. <laughs> oh, it. that's what Bonnie stands for. Yeah. And we've been trying to figure it out because we knew it stood for something. But yeah. Everybody thinks we it's just a weren't nickname. quite sure. Now, oh my God, now that I'm on the show, I need a fake name. 
So yeah, I'm going to go with Colin the Colonist, you know, because everybody else has freemen. You know, yeah, I'll take your resources and I'll <laughs> subjugate your people, but you'll be go. left with really wonderful colonial architecture when it's all done. Oh, Amazing. my God. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, apparently <clears throat> diaper wearers are colonizing New Hampshire. <laughs> 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 I can't believe that I might know someone who is one of these people, but we do have a caller on the line and it is a call-in talk radio show. So, Are they calling about the diapers? I mean, I wonder it's if the they per- are. No, if, they, the, if it's the owner of the place, this is brilliant because they're going to get so much you know, attention right now. <laughs> um, I don't think it is. It's David in New Mexico. So, David, what's on your mind? Lots of stuff, Bonnie. It's crazy. Is that um, something I say? All, he always says this. Do I say that's crazy a lot? Well, you used to. Now that I now that I started using it, you you stopped. So apparently, I should go. I, I should open a business for people that want to modify their 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 vocabulary or something. Because that would be hilarious if I d- stopped doing it just because of that. Because that'd be like purely subconscious. I didn't really realize this till now. This guy sounds oh, so, so familiar to me. And it's paint and, and it's painless. So what's actually on your mind, David? Uh, uh, one thing, but be- because you just talked about it a minute ago, I think it's sad that Americans have have taken names that are not ugly and made them ugly, like Bertha and Hilda. <laughs> Whereas Hilda's the, the pretty, right? Name, no, yeah, I'm totally looking for a European girl with one of those names. That's that's the girl for me. Not Bertha, but yeah, Gertrude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gertrude, strong, and hardy. Hilda yeah. are pretty, but not Ber- Bertha. My, my, but no, no, you're wrong, Bonnie. And my and my my grandfather's sister was uh, was uh, Gertrude. But uh, anyway, if you like Bertha, if you say it the way that it uh, originated in Europe, Beta. it would be something to the Beta, Beta. Yeah, it'd be something to the effect of, of Beta. Beta. Well, they do say that English is an ugly, like hard language, right? It's like English and German. Well, English has German roots, right? So. But then there's like Italian and Spanish and French that are like very flowy and they sound good. And then English is just very hard. And Well, the French messed up English, so. Did they? <laughs> yeah, they, I'm, I'm not joking. They, they came in and changed it so much. And, and mm. that's why it's like hard now. Like uh, um, people who are trying to learn English who don't already speak it say it like, oh my God, like the word enough. E. Oh, you mean like difficult? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's why we have all this like confusing stuff. In oh, English. I could talk. I could talk, mm. I could I talk about, about languages for like a good while, but you know. But I think David wanted to talk about diapers, right? It depends. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Shows how much I know about that. I, I when you said diaper spa, I expected we were going back into the the cloth versus disposable diaper issue. That's where I thought you were going with that. And, and I should I should have just turned the radio off then. And maintain that <laughs> fantasy, then I wouldn't have had to been dragged into the other perverted uh, that fantasy that I'm going to have tonight. <laughs> but no, I wanted to talk about the uh, economy. Okay. And I have a I have a question, a proposition, and you can I don't know anything about it, so, but this is, this is just my what, what occurred to me. Uh, and so evaluate this: um, the question of of hyperinflation, like you might have in Argentina or elsewhere, mm-hmm. or even here uh, momentarily. Actually, we're probably in it right now to a to a lower degree, but Te- technically speaking, any, no. 
Pardon? No, no to what question? To uh, no to hyperinflation. Hyperinflation has a couple of definitions that have been given to it, and uh, what what definition is related to when the velocity of money speeds up, which is basically how fast people are trying to get rid of it, like like the mm-hmm. how little they want to hold on to it. And so there's a definition based on that, and then there's another one based. I don't. This is just an arbitrary number, which is why I don't like the second definition. And and I forget the arbitrary number because it's arbitrary. But it's something like if it's over, you know, X number of percent a day. But that's really high. So, like, technically speaking, Argentina right now does not have hyperinflation. They just have oh. high inflation. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, okay, that's, that's yeah, my but, little – now everybody knows. Yeah, cool. Thanks Thanks for that. That helps. And so so back to the, the question that I have. If you actually were fearing or actually suffering hyperinflation, the, uh, doesn't – each individual, if they prepare enough in advance, have the ability to uh, have that the hyperinflation be negligible on themselves by, for instance, if they uh, prior you know, with, with forethought prior to any hyperinflation event, having converted their fiat money into uh, real money like mm-hmm. you know metals or crypto that works uh, or whatever else. And then when th- then only deal in that currency and only deal with vendors that take that currency. So the, w- with the exception that if you have to deal with a vendor that only takes fiat, then you convert your real money into the fiat just to the amount to cover what you need to buy from the vendor that only takes the fiat. Uh, but other, other than that, remain in real money. Couldn't you circumvent the effects of hyperinflation? Yeah, I mean, yes and no, because when the inflation takes, and I'm no economist here, I've just listened to and studied tons of Austrian economics, so that's where, where I'm coming from with all this. Um, when the hyperinflation hits, not only does the money that you hold not have value, all sorts of other things in society are going to be like kind of breaking down. So it's not going to be the same thing as like, you know, if you took whatever the price of, you know, a cheeseburger is in silver today, you'd be able to buy the same thing. It could be less, it could be more. It's going to really depend. I think the best thing people can do is popularize those monies now. And I don't see any reason why people can't start using those now. I get paid, I actually get paid in gold backs, I get paid in silver, and I get paid in crypto. And I like, only need so many dollars just to like purchase the materials I use for any one of the you know things that I do for work. But um, right, yeah. So I mean, I would say like if you're if you like those things, I mean, really. And this is the thing: a lot of prepper type people would be like, "Oh, now I'm telling everybody to know that I have these things." They don't know how much you have, but you need to get people used to using them and trading with them. So that way it's a seamless transition because I can literally see it happen. Well, not literally. I could, I could see it happen where like the dollar collapses and you go to, you know, someplace like a McDonald's, whatever, and you take in a silver or a gold coin and you try to give that to the person there and they're like, oh, I don't know what this is. No, that, that actually yeah. happens. Me and right, Ian try to me, give. Let me blow your analogy though, because nobody, I don't go, I haven't gone to McDonald's for 15 years. Or, or whatever it smart. is, but yeah. But, yep. but, 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 well, it's, but it's real. It's important because you said, because you said McDonald's, first of all, nobody should be, be going to McDonald's now. Yes. And if the, if the S hits the fan in that economic sense, I don't think anybody is, uh, who has a gold coin is going to even cross their mind to go to a McDonald's. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, they I think be, that was just yeah. an example. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you need it. <laughs> yeah. Insert any right. other like grocery store or whatever. And it's true because like, service. Ian and I will go and try to give a tip to somebody at like any restaurant, a nice restaurant, doesn't matter. Um, and ask the waiter, like, do you like gold? Do you want this um, on top of your tip? Like not like skimping the, on the 
cash tip or anything. No, just like, here's a free gold back. And lots of time they're like, wow, this is cool. And sometimes they're like, I, I don't even know what I would do with this. I, I remember <laughs> once, I think it was Bonnie's birthday, we were out to dinner, and Ian tried to give the waitress, she was a younger girl, tried to give the waitress uh, gold back on top of her tip. And in addition, it wasn't oh, taking she anything away. That, yeah. She looked like she was terrified of it. <laughs> It was like, she was like, what is that? Like, why she couldn't even... And then it's like, okay, never mind. Clearly, you don't understand the value of this thing. I don't want you to just, like, throw it in the trash or something. But, you know. So so it is is true. Like, you can have... Bitcoin, you can have Dash, you can have Goldbacks, whatever. But if the people in your community don't know what they are, they don't understand them, they don't understand the value, even if the U.S. dollar doesn't have any value... They still well, like it's it's still worthless. It's only worth as much. Well, you as... just illustrated another. You just illustrated another another point that, that I had. Um, and so, since you since you brought it up, let me let me go on that. I like to say those people don't matter because what you do is within the circle that is hip to mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, whatever you're using that works or may work or will work or has worked. The you do your own thing and let those people suffer. And when they when they suffer just a little bit they'll be motivated to say, hey, what's this thing you got going on that makes it so that you can eat and I can't? <laughs> or no. they'll just try to kill but you. That, but still, like my point is that will only work if you're in a community where you could exchange whatever currency or good you have I, I, for I'm sorry, something else. I'm not exactly understanding what David's uh, point is. What, what exactly? Yeah, exactly what are you, are you asking or wanting what, clarification or whatever? The, the, the the point is is that you can't you you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink you yeah. you can you can you can't you can't herd those cats so let those cats get starve enough that they get hungry enough that they now have some interest to pay attention to why it is that y- you guys are eating and they're not and then they'll be motivated to come ask you how are you doing that show me I want to eat too. Yeah, maybe. Maybe guess, that's how, how yeah. it'll work. I think that depends on like the culture of the people you're around just in general. And I mean, I think that that definitely was the culture that the, the U.S. had, you know, maybe 100 years ago where people would have done that. I don't know what they'll do now. Um, but, uh, but, but, you I, I know, we, uh, you, but hunger is a huge motivator. Yeah, they but is it hungry. a positive motivation or a negative motivation? Because some people I, I get hungry. A positive and, one be- if, if, if I, if I'm hungry and I'm over and I'm, I got nothing because I didn't, uh, I don't know. And I'm looking over at you and you guys are sitting down to dinner. I'm like, man, how do I do that? Yeah. Well, that's you, but some people might like want to kill each other. Like, I really think that New Hampshire probably there, won't be as another, bad as like uh, New Mexico, but like when people are starving, a, starving, I think they're going to go and try to kill people. Yeah, I have, who to, are I have doing to tell well. you driving around the country, uh, I like Arizona better than New Mexico. I hope you're not going to get too. too bad, bad, bad about that. I mean, that, I but. just... The, the nastiest part of Arizona I've ever seen, it was seriously, like, I didn't know there was such a third world area in the United States in Arizona, but still, overall, Arizona's way better, and, and New Mexico's kind of borderline that third world, the entire I think I state. Know, I think I know which part of Arizona you're talking about. Was it Kingman? I don't know, because me and my dad just drove oh, through okay. it from when I'm I was just trying to get to the Texas. callers from Kingman to call in now. I don't think these people <laughs> had <laughs> phones. I don't know. Unless they're Obama in phones response? or something. Yes, the, in, in response, just, just like Nikki did, Bonnie, you just touched on another thing. So mm-hmm. what I have to say about the people that would come, instead of asking you, how are you doing that, that, that you're eating, I want to do that too. Uh, that's one set of people. The people, the, the kind of people that would actually not think to do to ask you, but, but first uh, attack you uh, for your food, 
then you know what's the survival of the fittest uh, the, that the that that just happens and those people go away and you, you don't shot. have to deal with them anymore hmm. pardon yeah, they'll get shot it, for it trying depend, to fight someone. It depends someone. how the breakdown happens. So, I, I mean, I've had these conversations with so many people over the years, and I've kind of gamed them in my own mind with an open mind as to what, how it could go and why it goes one way versus the other. But, but I'll kind of give you some examples. So, like, uh, you know, in, in, in the Soviet Union, you know, the government took over. They actually outlawed money for a while. People don't even talk about that. They didn't have money. And because they didn't have money, like I was talking about how many hours should I be a doctor or whatever, people in the city were taking their houses apart and burning that for warmth in the winter because there was no way to price coordinate to get wood in from the countryside but after that initial part and all of that stuff you know like like they would send those people from the city out into the country to go after and so it was it was in my mind this wasn't just like one thing led to the other led to the other i think it was all intentional and so they those people were were spurred by the government and sent out to go after the other people who were still doing well because the farmers were still eating um, and so, I mean, I, I think that kind of thing, you know, could happen anywhere in the world. You know, the question is, do the people come to you and ask you how they're doing it or do they just band together? You know, you, you, but you know, another question is, do you want to be in a place where the currency is doing that? If you have enough foresight to save, maybe you have enough foresight to avoid it, you know, altogether. But by what, by how, by what? I mean, just being in a, in a different place, you know, where? Dif- like where, different- for I mean, not all of the world is going to go through the hyperinflation that the U.S. might go through with uh, with the collapsing dollar. Um, True, but couldn't couldn't you insulate yourself almost anywhere by by the the other system that we talked about by being by thinking ahead and having real things, uh, uh, and then when you need having having primarily real things, and if you don't have enough fiat, then you trade some of your real things for just enough fiat to to pay the person who will only take fiat. Isn't that a better solution? Because that way you don't have to keep moving around the world. You can remain in place uh, short of total chaos. I, well, yeah. Well, the question is, does it go to total chaos or not? I mean, not every well, we bout... Already know the an- but we already know the answer to that question. Well, I mean, I gave you one example, which was the Soviet Union, but not all countries went to, let's say, total chaos. Uh, I mean, the hyperinflation in Germany, I mean, later on you get Hitler, but in the immediate time, you didn't have people going around and like killing each other or doing things like that because there was enough of a culture and a community there that the people were a part of. Uh, so, right. it, you know... There's an ex- there's an expression, uh, whether you've heard it or not, uh, that you might find helpful that, that comes out of Germany, and that was, uh, quote, even the cows had earrings, end quote, <laughs> if you, can, if you that understand that quote. No. Uh, I, I don't, don't quite get it, but it is kind of funny because – go ahead. It means that people from the city who didn't have food were taking their jewelry to mm-hmm. the yeah. countryside and trading their jewelry for food, and the – and the people in the countryside had so much gold and pearl and diamond jewelry that even the cows were wearing earrings. You know, you know that's a play, though, that the people in the countryside make, expecting the things to go back to normal, too. So if, if you're not expecting things to go back to normal, I mean, I know I have a bunch of stories, one within my own family, but some from other people I know, like a person from Vietnam and their family had a gold coin which, you know, even, even, oh, they had to trade it for a loaf of bread as they were leaving. That's all the value they could get right. out of it. But well, that's still better than nothing. Yep. Well, thank you so much for the interesting conversation, David. And Free Talk Live is on at freetalklive.com. And we're going to be on live again tomorrow. So go to freetalklive.com. Peace.
This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.